Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Podcast. Gonna talk to my friends. Fancy gonna share a lab. thought. Gonna have a laugh. That's Fancy what I thought. Lab. Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab. Podcast. Fancy Lab. Fancy Lab Podcast. Yeah. And we are back. Oh, yes, we are back. That is correct, Big Zoe. Oh, my God. And. We've been so many places. I don't even know where we are anymore. You know. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, I think we're in the Fancy Lab podcast studio, and I'm only judging that by the mm-hmm. at least twelve foot high ceilings. Okay, I'm actually looking up for the first time now. Yeah, it's checking out. Uh, we've got that ping pong table, right? We got okay. the whole the map on the wall. The map looks familiar. Uh, we got you know Reynolds corpse over there. It's been stinking. Mm-hmm. Zebo over uh, bouncing at the doors. Oh shit, Zebo! Hey, what's up, bud? Yeah, yeah, yo, yeah. What's good, dog? Yeah, he's kind of ignoring us. Oh yeah, I think he's mad about the paychecks bouncing, but you know, dude, he's always acted like he was too cool for us since day fucking one, dude. Since, dude, honestly, since we put him on that fucking t-shirt, dude, tell his me head about has it. gotten ten times bigger. I know, my God, mm-hmm. big old dome. It's like he used to like spit at me when I walked in the door, and now mm-hmm. he doesn't even bother doing that anymore. You can't even get his glands salivating. Like, I'm not even good enough to get spat upon no. by Zebo. Man, that's low. That is low. That is low. And to so all the listeners out there, you don't ever want to be that low. No. No. Now, it's debatable whether I've hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. Oh, we won't know until you get there. But I'm definitely close. Oh, yeah, you're close. Yeah. So Maybe rock top. Well, rock midway. It's still great to be back in the uh, wait, rock, rock midway, not rock at the midway cafe. If that's what you're thinking, I'm just thinking like midway through, mm-hmm. you know, from bottom to top. I got top you. to bottom, right? Sort of a glass is half full scenario, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. empty, right? Yeah, so or more of like a glass is like equally full and empty scenario, right? Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that surface area. Oh, we're talking that surface area. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right, mm-hmm. okay. Well, you've piqued my interest. Yeah, well. I'm going to say it feels good to be back in the Fancy Lab Podcast studio. Hey, it's nice to be back in the Fancy Lab Podcast studio. We've been taking a little too many trips to the jungle. God, the jungle and that trip to Hollywood. Yeah. And honestly, you know what? Now that I say it, though, I am kind of missing the jungle. So I wouldn't be opposed to going back, maybe. You like the jungle. I mean, there's something about it. You know, when you're there, you're like, God, this is miserable. Yeah. Why did I want to come here? But then when you leave, you're like, oh, that was really nice. I think it's the uh, the sense of adventure that we had going. I think it is the sense of adventure. I really did enjoy our time we spent swinging from vine to vine. Yeah, you never know what would happen next, you know? Mm-hmm. Either you're swinging from vine to vine, trying to avoid all those pitfalls. Oh, my God. Don't get me started on the pitfalls. Mm-hmm. Could be cracking open a fresh coconut, you know? <coughs> trying to avoid those pitfalls. Or just uh, running for your life from various endangered species who want to see you dead. (laughs) Trying to avoid those pitfalls. Yeah. (laughs) Point being is Mm -hmm. that, you know, yeah. Yeah, you know, looking back on it, we've accomplished a lot. Oh, my goodness. And we've accomplished so much that I don't even really want to look back on it too much. Right. No, neither do I. I don't want to waste that much time. On no, it. I want to look forward and I want to be here now. Mm-hmm. I want to be here now 
and I want to look forward, and I don't want to look back in anger. No. I heard you say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. We are here now, and we're here in the Fanset Pocket studio, and uh, mm-hmm. I know I don't want to look back, but thank God, you know, those... Looks like somebody's actually cleaned those uh, air holes that were in the uh, in the walls. Oh, the, the oxygen. The, oh, the ventilation shafts. That, yeah, yeah. That, that AJ put in. Right. No, uh, that was actually that was actually a friend of the podcast. Uh, remember Mark Weiss? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he came by. He he texted. He said he was really excited to inspect those ventilation shafts. Okay. That AJ had installed. Yep. And he wanted to check them out. I texted AJ because you know we share the wall with him. I yep. said, hey. Weiss is interested in coming to check out these ventilation shafts. And AJ r- responded quickest that he's ever responded instant. He's like, he can come anytime. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he said he it was weird. He said he can come anytime. Also, I will make him come anytime. And that part I was confused about. I was like, how are you yeah. going to make him come to the to Five the ventilation two. shafts? Yeah, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like to be here now. Mm-hmm. Like I said, and, you know, we sh- we should talk about the biggest news in skateboarding that just happened the biggest news in skateboarding absolutely i was thinking the exact same thing and we we're probably thinking the same headline as well mm-hmm. so if you want to say it at the same time we right could. kurt cobain's, cobain's daughter, daughter is dating, dating tony hawk's, hawk's son father damn it I, I read it wrong i thought she was dating tony is she da- was it riley i, I actually was gonna ask it is you riley that. it is riley or was it a various other lesser oh, you, known hawk brother oh you think she's dating calvin yeah yeah, I doubt it. No, yeah. it was Riley. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Oh, thank God. I was worried there for a second. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now we have that sweet, sweet uh, skateboard news for everybody out there. Because, you know, we like to cover the news as well. We do like to cover the skateboarding news and the news in general. Right. We had that whole 30-minute segment on the royal family mm-hmm. with Nancy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And honestly, we could have done more. Right. But that's just how involved we are in the day-to-day topics of uh, the world goings-ons. We got our pulse mm-hmm. to to the uh, to the finger, right? Yeah, yeah. And we we, got our, we keep our pulse on the finger of the world. Yeah, and we got our ear to the streets. Mm-hmm. And I'm liking what I'm hearing. Is it lots of like? No, it's the sweet, sweet sounds of Francis Bean Cobain and Riley Hawk. Fuck. Oh, so it's kind of like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's more like it. Hell yeah, dude. That's fucking sick. Um. So, yeah, no, you know, but enough about the world. You know, I want to know what's just what's going on with you, Tom. Dude, you know, honestly, just really just doing a lot of research into Riley and Kurt Cobain's daughter's relationship. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm. So what have you found out? Uh, that when they fuck, it sounds kind of like. Oh, so that was that was it. I mean, that, it was, that took a while to figure out. Yeah. You got any credit. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. But what have you been up to, Big Zone? Oh, my God. I tell you. Well, you know what? Since you put me on the spot, uh huh, I did think of a really funny uh, joke. Oh, you did? Yeah. Well, that's good. Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell it? Oh, like here on the podcast? I mean, yeah. Well, I, I'll decide. This hardly seems like the time or place. I mean, 
that's true. I mean, I mean, the the listeners might be okay with us taking a brief intermission for you to tell a joke, so they'll 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 still hear, but just they'll know that like this is a joke part of it. So this doesn't go with the normal flow of the podcast, obviously. Well, you know, you're familiar with Liz Fair, right? Oh, am I? Well, you know, there's uh, a song called uh, "Fuck and Run." I don't uh-huh. know if you know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with the two concepts. And, you know, there's a part that's a little, I think, a little too hot for TV. That's really that. Yeah. Where she she's going down all the ages where she would fucking run. Ooh. And she gets down to the age of 12, which I think is a little young. I didn't start running. So I was at least 14. Exactly. So I'm thinking for the edit for the radio, mm-hmm. instead of fucking run, they switch it to fuck Enron. Oh yeah, am I right? That makes because it sounds sense. just like and run, right? But it's Enron, yeah, and it's a topical thing, right? That <laughs> most people will get. <laughs> you know, we like to stay current. Mm-hmm, we do, and we said we have our pulse on the finger of the world, exactly. Mm-hmm. And this is just another fine example of, that. and that's why I started collecting Beanie Babies mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, now's the time. You can get them fairly cheap. I know. I'm hoping that you buy low. Yeah. Sell high. At, at this point, I think it's they only charge like a dollar a bean. Yeah, it's not bad. That's not bad, honestly. A dollar uh, Francis Bean Cobain. That was good. I don't know really what that would mean, actually. Right. That almost seems like she's a hooker. For a dollar. Like, that- like really... Competitive prices. I mean, at least it's not a dime store. That's true. I've heard of all these dime store hookers, and that seems like you're selling yourself short. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's less than a phone call at this point. Seriously. If you can find a pay phone. Right. It's going to cost more than that. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm saying to all these, to everybody out there, Mm -hmm. have a little, you know, self-worth. You know, know your worth. Oh, know your worth. Despite what anyone else says. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Someone comes up and doesn't even have the respect to spit at you when you walk through the door. You say, hey, listen, buster. Yeah, listen, Zebo. If I was selling my sweet ass, I'd be at least selling it for more than a dollar. Mm-hmm. At least. So that's at least a, that presumably a dollar and one cent, right? Right. But I think we're getting off topic. This is almost sound like the dirty zone now. This almost so. sounds like dirty zone, which isn't. That's not. That, that's it. We don't give that up for free. No. That don't come up for free. No. You no. can't get that from going to patreon.com slash fancy lad podcast, though. Thank you, Tom. Mm-hmm. And for informing our listeners. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I want to get back on the topic, which is skateboarding. Because, that sounds good. you know, every single podcast. I don't know if you've noticed this recently. We've been having a guest. Oh, so we should probably get one for this one. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? It's like. The tier has been so high. It's been like, you know, can't legendary Canton Russell, mm-hmm. fucking William Spencer, the pre- literally a person running for the president of skateboarding, Peter let, Granis. Let us not forget Bigzo's mom, Nancy. Of course, it's like it's going to be tough to outdo ourselves, but I think that we got a shot here. You know what? We've been outdoing ourselves our whole lives. I know. I'm either Wait. doing myself or outdoing myself. I was gonna say, yeah, yeah, right. You're gonna. Make I'm some usually sort of I'm usually in doing myself. 
Right. Oh, you know, I like to make it public. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I want everyone to know. Oh, he likes to shout it from the rooftop. And and that is honestly, that's brought up some serious issues. You know, I saw Get Back came out. I thought this out. Okay, obviously this hasn't been an issue. People are fine with this. Mm-hmm. Eh, not so cool with it. Even if you have Peter Jackson there shooting it. Wait, Peter Jackson's shooting it too? Oh, God, yeah, we were all shooting it all over the place. All right, you know what? Save it for the dirty zone. Okay, you know what? This isn't the dirty zone. I think we need to take a quick break mm-hmm. and then come back. With a guest. Definitely with a guest. And I think we need to find someone on our le- same level. And I'm know? thinking someone legend status. Legend status on our same level of, you know. Legend status. Legend status. Right, yeah, for sure. I was going to say legend potential, but no, oh. you said it better. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Life as a southern sheriff can be pretty taxing. Taxing on the mind, taxing on the body, and taxing on the soul. That's why when I'm feeling my most decaffeinated and dehydrated, I reach for a mocha sombrero. Mocha sombrero. A Mexican-style chocolate stealth with additions of coffee Mocha and vanilla. All right, now I'm trying to do the script Mocha here. Now. All right, you know, if you're just going to keep doing that. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, it's got coffee. It's got coffee and it's got vanilla. I don't care if you're doing the back. It's got coffee and vanilla, and it's a stout recipe. And uh, the malt flavors, the uh, the sweet vanilla. Uh, Jesus. Oh, my God. You know, this is very distracting. Very distracting. You know, if you want to know more about Mocha Sombrero from Clown Shoes Beer, why don't you go ahead and visit uh, clownshoesbeer.com. Go on now, get it. Uh, yeah. And we are back. Oh, my goodness. We are back. And that big's out. That was a good break. Oh, my God. Tom, I hate to say it, but mm-hmm. it was just one of those breaks you dream about. Oh, my goodness. And I hate to say it, but we're going to have to save the Dreaming About Breaks talk for the Dreaming About Breaks podcast, which will come at a later date. Which is in the works. It is in the works. But in the meantime, you know, I just wanted to oh, uh, really quickly crack into one of these Clown Shoes brand beers. Oh, man. What kind is that? Uh, that's a bubble farm. Oh, that's a bubble farm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good flavor. I like the bubble farm. Nice and drinkable. You yeah, know? you know, I myself, I went with it. Oh, oh Jesus. I was what? looking for something a little heavier, so I went with the mocha sombrero. Oh, God. Sometimes it's great for the wintertime. Ah, mocha. And a great song. But we'll get to, you know, we'll have to save our talk about all the Clown Shoes commercials for the Clown Shoes commercials podcast spinoff. Which isn't this. Yeah. Um, but since we're on the Fancy Lad podcast... Mm-hmm. Why don't we introduce our very special guest? That's a good idea. Legendary skateboarder. Right. And you know what? Fellow cut from the same cloth sort of fringe skater, Nate Sherwood. Hello. Lord of the pressure flip. I'm honored to be here today, gentlemen. Super honored, man. I couldn't agree more, man. We're cut from similar cloth, man. We mess with the same fabric all day, every day, man, for sure. Um, you know, us, us isoteric skateboarders, man, we, we got to hang together and not be fragmented. I don't get too granular on that, but uh, I agree with you completely, man. Uh, I know, you know I, we, we both we both enjoy ourselves. I know. I asked that uh, friend trick from you seems like ages ago now for the FL3 yeah. video. 
Yep, FO3 video. Yeah, man, I was stoked. You sandwiched me in the friend section right next to Richie Jackson. I was honored to be in there, man. Yeah. FO3, yeah, man, I was stoked, man. Yeah, we, we had that video playing in the shop on heavy roscation, man. Like, I remember that, man. And Yeah, absolutely, man. I was honored to be in there, man, for sure. I think it means a lot to us, old man like me. You know? so, like I said, you guys you guys are the iconoclasts of, of skateboarding right now, man. You guys are, are pushing the envelope and... and 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 breaking down walls you know i like that you guys know mc escher salvador dolly did with art or miles davis did with jazz music or jack kerouac did with poetry it's it's rad to see what you guys are doing what you guys are inventing the different uh you know the different uh trick selections that you guys are coming up with and all that stuff it's it's like you guys took what simon woodstock was doing and 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 you know boom took took it from just the alexander graham bell dial-up phone to the iphone you know what i mean i love seeing that man for real it's 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 awesome to see what you guys are inventing all the time, what you guys are skating with it. And uh, I'm telling you, that's what keeps skateboarding alive and beautiful, man. If it wasn't for this creative you know, mindset in it, it'd be the most dull, bland, regurgitated shit all the time. It's hard right. to articulate that, but I, well, I can only see so much of the same repeated tricks. So it's really nice to see you guys out there pushing the envelope and, and pushing the bounds of what's possible on a skateboard. Well, I appreciate that. You know, I couldn't have said it better myself. And through all those comparisons, you know, I, I think that what you're getting at is that we both consider skateboarding an art form, you know, all those comparisons. Oh, right. we got Miles Davis, MC Escher, you know, uh, Dolly. I, I agree. Jack Rodolfer. Yeah, yeah. Jack I mean, Kerouac. I, 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 and, you know, I, you know, Ham's is our favorite beer. And, you know, Neil Cassidy, when he mm-hmm. set off on the Merry Pranksters, my friend told me they were drinking Ham's when they left. Awesome. coincidence Hams is a i think good one. not i, I think, think not. not i think the not. Okay. blue waters man you know i feel that skateboarding is a performance art that masquerades as a sport you know what i mean it it, it has that that flexion where it has to masquerade as a sport so like the jock like narrow-headed like high and tight haircut dads understand it so they let their kids do it right but yeah. at the end of the day really there's camaraderie there's there's you have more respect when you see someone like let's just say for instance dave Vay and the Checks, you know, the, the Boston Massacre video doing a 5-0 tray flip out on a bench. Did you see a, a guy how many times he can frontside grind in a bowl and count his points in a, you know, 45-second run, right? So, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where things get regurgitated, and I agree, man. I really think of it as, as like I said already, I won't, I won't, you know, I won't get too repetitive. It's a performance art, you know, and I think it's in, the, in that same that same facet as that, man. And yeah, Hams is great, man. From the last guy, Blue Waters, I used to drink a lot of Hams. I used to love that shit, man. That, that that's a great beer, man. Dude, is is yeah. Anchor Steam? Wait, no, no, Anchor's What's the name of that beer from Boston? It's got Anchor in it. It's like, oh shit, it's no Boston Whaling. No, not Boston Whaling. That's a boat. What the hell's the beer I had when I was out there? It's it's like help me out. Fisk calling Fiskward for them for a while, right? Beer company I'm thinking of, man. It's gonna kill me. It'll come back to me in like three hours. Anyway, Sam, Sam Adams. No, nah, not well, of course. Sam Adams, everyone knows that one. It was no, I think come, I, you know what. Next time Anchor Steam Bay, is the one with out. the anchor. I think I think that is Anchor Steam. I don't know if that's out in Mass, but maybe Weiss was working. Yeah, for I that. think I think Anchor Steam. I thought they were out in California, but I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah, I think they're a barrier one. I'm mixing them up with the barrier one. There's yeah, your Anchor Steam's like NorCal. You're right, man. Speaking of NorCal, I saw your Fort Miley footage. That was rad. You doing the pressure over the hip at Fort Miley, by the way, man. Thank you. Thank you. Little, little homage to Chris Bissell there. I saw that. That was sick. Dude. That was yeah. badass. I had to, I had to <laughs> pressure flip the uh, the EMB three while I was there. Yeah, had that to. was dope. Yeah, yeah. Ice skating rink in the background, with little kids ice skating and shit. And you're like pressure flipping, breaking a board. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, I love. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the common ground that is so obvious between you and Fancy Lad, you know, is obviously the pressure flips. I mean, come on. I mean, now there's a pressure flip renaissance that has 
re you know resurged in the skate community now everyone's doing it figgy colin provost cater those are three people who all skate for baker they're all doing pressure flips it's crazy yeah, it's it's wild man it's the resurgence is amazing i i i'm truly blown away and baffled by it you know and what's really funny is how the the critiquers like the cool guys if you will for like a better term the guys in the industry they've always been kind of elitist and kind of snub-nosed you know it's like it, it's 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 always comical to me to see how the waves shift with them like i remember fighting tooth and nail to get a pressure book published I'll, I'll never forget like literally i was running for this truck company this is like summer of 1997 right i'm fresh out of high school i go down to the bay area this guy matt colons this truck company at the time uh, elevate trucks right and long story short, I'm living in Pacific on his couch for the summer, trying to, you know, trying to do that fresh out of high school, live the dream, fucking getting out of Portland, Oregon, you know, fucking trying to make every connection I can in the industry. And I take the sequence that this guy, Kurt Hines, shot at me. It was a front side shove pressure flip 50 50 to shove out on like a, like a butter bench, you know, like a, you know, like a, you know, whatever, normal size butter bench. And I take the slides into high speed publications and I talk to Evan Sterling. And he's like, yeah, this is cool. We could run this. And he's looking through it with the loop. Jay Phelps walks into the office and like, just looks at me. He's like, who are you? I'm like, Oh, I'm Nate. And it was weird. I met him years prior, but I, you know, I would expect him to remember me. And I was, you know, he's like, Oh, and he's like, what's going on here? What's on the light table? And I'm like, Oh, look at it. You know, it's a, I explained what it was. Pressure of 50 looks at it through his loop. He's like, we don't run no pressure. Fuck that. Get the hell out of here. And he walks right out of the door and slams the door. <laughs> I was like, Oh shit. Now yeah. you are a million years later. Again, pressure are cool. And because someone was, you know, atoned by the Pope of skateboarding, that has the right backing, the right sponsors, the right, you know, money behind them, like Colin Provost or Figgy or any of those guys, they'll run press ups all fucking day. But if you go in there as someone that's not backed by the right fucking sponsors, you'll get fucking laughed out and thrown out, right? So well, well, it's that was... really comical to me to see how that is. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, it's weird to see that circle of things, like longboards or another thing like that, right? Like, you know, yeah. people are all shitting on longboards, but then like fucking Gons will have a cover skating a fucking longboard practically, right? Doing something, but yet, like, it's weird. I don't understand the skateboarding, like, like the weird, I don't know. The hate crimes in skateboarding make no fucking sense to me. They really yeah. don't. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It's really, really strange and obtuse, and it's like acute pain. Where like you're like, why is there this double standard? Why is it that like this well, guy can go huck himself? You know, dark side of handrail. He gets made fun of, but this guy over here, dark side of handrail, because he's backed by these guys. He's you know he's gonna get the you know he's gonna get all the coverage and all the kudos and the you know fucking you know confetti parade and shit. It just doesn't yeah. make sense to me. It's fucking it's weird, you know. Yeah, and I think I think we talked about this with William Spencer for a bit as well, where it's just like, you know, it's like if you don't have like the the sponsor to to like back it and like pay for it, then it's not like it automatically is not uh cool content for for them to run. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? Well, he was saying that you know, you need to be you need to have the bigger brands that are paying for the ads in the mag to even get an article in the mag in the first yeah. place. So that's why like, he was like saying that it's like, right. He thought he was just going to show up, do a cool trick. And then they would all just be, you know, jumping yeah. for joy to put him in the mag. But that's not necessarily the case because you got an industry behind it and you need to sell product. And you need to make money to actually keep running the magazine, too. So I get it from both ends, you know. Right. Right. I mean, it's, it's just interesting. Though. It's always been that way. And it's like. You know, I remember that, you know, being an 18 year old kid, just being like, oh, shit. Like, I guess I'm just 10 years too late for this. No one cares about this shit. You know, Justin Gerard and Chris Fissel were a while ago. It was just 
it was just interesting but you know like how you see that circle come come around you know like you see it in music too all the time right you know what i mean oh, you yeah. see it all the time some will sound like an old soul group some will sound like you know like i said fucking you know they'll, they'll sound like i don't know whatever hooting the blowfish you know <laughs> they'll sound like some weird shit from 1997 or whatever and you know it's just full circle but it's interesting to see that i I, I find it funny how much pavement I, I fought uphill battles just to try to keep the pressure up alive, razor tailing my shit every state to state, you know, everywhere and just getting shit on constantly. Now it's like accepted. It's funny. And I think, I know it's comical. It's like, it's like everything else now where you're like, wow, this is what it kind of felt like to be this person. And like being a fucking person beating on a five gallon bucket in a city square at one time was just considered noise. You get a noise around stick. And now it's like, oh, it's art. It's cool. And then all yeah. of a sudden fucking, before you know it, Lady Gaga's got a bunch of dudes beating five gallon bucks in the back of her video. You know what I mean? It's the same fucking thing. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. it's strange. It's like I, I I feel I feel like skateboarding is the bedrock of conformity, even though it markets itself as this thing where you can be on the fringe or creative or you can be yourself. And I I, I just remember that moment, like I said, Jake Phillips, where it was an eye opening find out Santa Claus wasn't real situation. You know what I mean? It was like, holy shit, even though it was like twenty fucking five years ago, I'm still just like, holy shit. That was like how crass and harsh and cutthroat it was, you know? Yeah. And at that time there was no internet. So there was no voice at all. Now, of course, people are lucky. You can just fucking whatever you can, you can control your own marketplace. You can be your own fucking boss with that for lack of a better term. You know, I, I don't really know how to put it in a, um, exactly. you know, in my vernacular or anywhere than that. But you know, at that time you were at the mercy of who could put out a VHS tape with your shit in it to show content that was distributed or to put you in print. And, you know, if you're trying to showcase something different than the norm, it was like, fuck you, which was so strange to me because, you know, coming from Portland, Oregon, where everyone was open-minded and fucking people have stores on corners selling just crystal healing and fucking, I could go on about all the new age shit, but it was like strange going into an environment of California where it was like, I thought it was going to be like that and it wasn't at all. It was like this, like I said, this Pinocchio situation where it's just like, holy fuck, dude, like this is some fairy dust bullshit. Like everyone is just a fucking asshole in this place. Get me the fuck out of here yeah. <laughs> as soon as I can. You know, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know. That was, that was a very different time, you know? And uh, yeah, like you said, it was a very different time for the trick selection and also just the way skateboarding was progressing. And yeah, it, you, you, you're not like now you could be a kid with like 20,000 followers and you don't even need to reach out to a brand. Like, back yeah. in like those days sure. you're like making a vhs to like try to send out to all these brands through maybe your shop if you're lucky to try to get yeah. sponsored to have this it's uh true. crazy dream of being a pro skater crazy dream you know to have in the first place but um did did you did you uh first learn pressure flips from all the old uh like plan b videos or even before that like what what was the inspiration for all the pressure flips it's cool that you asked that, man. It was interesting. I mean, so I grew up right across the river from Portland, Oregon, Vancouver, Washington, which is just a suburb of it. It would be kind of like, I don't know, Millbury, Massachusetts, or Ipswich or something to Boston. I guess probably be a good analogy for, you know, this your guy, local listeners. This guy knows a lot of Massachusetts. Yeah, yeah, I've been through there. I like Mass. I nice. like you guys, man. Yeah. I, I've, I've run the Boston tea. I've, I've, I've cruised around. I listen to 7L and Isoteric. You know, I, I can get down. You know? oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I, I've, been to the, I've been to the Middle East. It's all right. You know, I've been to Harvard Square, the Commons, been to Fenway. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, I could go on about that forever. I love that place. But, um, <laughs> you know, um, it was interesting. Like what happened is I tore a ligament in my flick foot. I was I was trying to this is, you know, this is summer of what was it? 1991. I want to say summer 91. Sorry. I had to think about that. It was a while ago. And 
I've been skating since 87 at that point. So, you know, I already went through the launch, the launch ramp phase, the rip grip, the, you know, one foot tail grab shit, Bones Brigade, you know, blah, blah, H Street, et cetera, right? And so I, I fucking tore a ligament in my front foot. I was laid up in a boot. I couldn't skate. When I was getting back on my board, of course, physical therapy wasn't like it is now. Technology wasn't like it is now. Doctors didn't give a fuck about skateboarders like they do now. Everything was just different in 1991 than it would be now. I mean, completely just different universe. Snap on braces, hypercolor shirts, you know, MC hammers on the radio every two minutes, you know, that kind of shit. And so I had this fucked up issue with my flick foot and I was wearing a boot and I finally got, you know, okay to skate again, but my foot was never moving. You know, it wasn't articulating the way it should to, you know, flick kick flips or heel flips properly. A friend, John Pitt came over and was like, dude, there's this guy, Chris Fissel. He goes to the same church as me. He like, he, he does this thing called a pressure flip. And I'm like, oh, what? And he's like, dude, it doesn't require any flip. Like, I think you'd be good at it. I think it might be a blessing in disguise. And he was like super religious. He like had this epiphany, like, dude, it's like, it's good to be like your thing. I'm like, what, dude, what do you mean? He's like, no, you gotta meet Chris. I'm like, okay, whatever, dude. Like I, you know, being a kid, being, you know, whatever I was at that time, 11 years old, 10 years old, you know, it was just kind of like, okay, Chris Fissel does a thing called a pressure flip. I know what a pressure cooker is. My mom has one in the kitchen, whatever. And so like, anyway, there was like this, this organization in Oregon at the time called OASA, Oregon Amateur Skateboarding Association. And it was ran by Matt Beach's parents, actually. And Jamie Fortune's dad was involved with it too. And Dave Huff's uh, family was. And I could go on. All these Portland legends were involved with it. But anyway, I won't go down that diatribe too much. It'll be here all night. And so I go to this OASA comp in Eugene, Oregon, which is about an hour and 40 minutes from my house, you know, like piled in the car with my mom, you know, blah, 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 blah. Me and John go down there. We're, you know, I'm skating around the parking lot, just like your typical parking lot setup, you know. And I meet this Chris Fissel dude, this, this you know, this Chris Fissel guy that I heard about. And I'm pushing around, just kind of bummed out that I'm still recovering from ankle injury. Kind of, we all know that pain. We've all been there when you're, you're back on your board, but you can't do half of it or not even 90% of what you normally could do. Everyone's yeah. ripping around you and you're kind of feeling left out. And Chris Fizzle comes and he's like, he's like, yeah, dude, John tells me you want to learn pressure loops. And I'm like, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know? And so anyway, like total sword in the stone, King Arthur situation, homeboy teaches me how to scoop and how to angle my foot, you know, pigeon toed in the back. And I, I learned pressure loops that day after many, many trials and errors. Anyway, I return home and I just start like thinking, you know, like, man, you could do all kinds of variances of this. Um, you know, that winter, like winter of 91, like, you know, before Christmas, the, the deal is dead view. It comes out. The deal mm-hmm. is dead. The, yeah. the deal is cool. New deal. Chris yeah. Fizzle's part. Yep. New deal. Exactly. Chris Fizzle's parts and then he's bla- blazing pressure ropes, him and Ron Kinnigy are in there. You know what I mean? All those new deal legends are all in that video. Just killing Julio. it. Right? I mean, I could go first. Yeah. Julio de la Cruz. Yep. Exactly. He's got the crazy, you know, bungee thing going on with the, the inner tubes, right? All that. And I'm just like inspired. Like, this is, this is my world. Like, this is what I'm going to do. Just get tech as fuck and just scoop everything. All that jazz. This sounds like everything I need to do with my life. And so I just started seeing different video parts and I basically would emulate what someone was doing either heel flip or kickflip, but with a pressure variation. So like Harold Hunter dropped his part in 1-800 sky pager not long after that. Um, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, the underworld element video, oh, yeah, he has yeah. a laser flip down, like a little three stair. So I was like, I bet I could scoop that like a pressure flip. So, I take my front side shove pressure ups and I did it, you know, 360 like that, right? Um, I saw Frank Carrada doing like big spin pressure ups on flat ground. I thought, oh, maybe I can do it over a gap, right? I mean, it just kind of built like that. I mean, I could go on for hours. There was a million different things like that. Um, I mean, I saw, God, let's see, I'm trying to think, you know, you saw Mike Carroll doing like capable crooked grinds. I was like, I bet I could pressure flip crooked grind. You know what I mean? So it was just one of those things where I would just see a video, then I'd be like, I bet I can do that, but with a pressure flip, right? Because <laughs> I yeah. had no choice in the matter. I couldn't flick anymore. It was kind of like being, you know, 
having a handicap, right? It was like, well, I can't kick up into that. I, I could pressure up into it, you know? So it was just this kind of uphill fight where, you know, your friends would be learning the new cool trick. I remember my friend, uh, Brent Marks's, he was in the video Untitled from Birdhouse, Brent Marks, good, good friend of mine. We we're still really close. Great video. Anyway, Brent and his brother Rod, you know, great guy. Brent and Rod, you know, they were skating the schoolyard that was, you know, this place we used to all skate called Holiday Schools, like kind of our EMB or whatever, for lack of a better term in Portland, I guess would be the best analogy for it. And he was doing tray flip nose slides. Again, I'm going to do a tray pressure flip nose slide. So it was just kind of one of those things where, like, I'd build off all this stuff. And, and before I know it organically, it just started happening. Um, you know, all because of this really strange blessing disguise of a, of a, hor- a horrific industry that didn't injury that didn't heal properly, which yeah. was, you know, really obtuse at the time and kind of, kind of strange, but it was how I got into pressure flips, you know, which yeah, is the, uh, just the, the, the limitation there forced you to be uh, pretty creative. Yeah, and, you're uh, right. I mean, it, it, it come, from confines comes freedom in some cases, and, right? Uh, it's, yeah, Roddy, Roddy Mullen explains it well, where he's talking about the skateboard trick sort of uh you know everyone learning from each other he compares it to computer software developers if they showed (laughs) everybody their showed each other all their data while they're you know while they're doing it so they can actually learn from each other you know yeah Um, rod's got a point there man he's funny i mean he's he's a he's a he's an eccentric man and and all the beautiful ways that that word can be you know meant as well i mean he's he's brilliant man any time spent with him like you said he's he's very calculated he's very like like he's very like all about muscle memory and kinesiology. Like when you skate with him, the, the most interesting thing, like I'll never forget this time as at Florida high school, which is, you guys have probably been there. It's just North orange County, South of LA, you know, bullshit suburb. And it was me and Cooper will and Sue Trin go to skate this mantle pad and Sue Trin, who was the, you know, photographer for Transworld at that point in time. And, you know, legendary Dwindle photographer before that um, shot a lot of ads. You just, if anytime you see a, a photo with the caption Trin, that's who shot it. Yeah. Anyway, we're skating there and I'm just, fucking beating the living shit out of myself he, he, he years later he was famous for shooting that Roddy Mullen transfer cover with the big water through the plexiglass box to the, the primo slide mm-hmm. anyway we're skating the schoolyard and I'm just dying I'm trying to do this tray pressure manual and then there's like a gap in the manual putter I'm trying to all over the nose manual and then shove it to manual to shove it pressure up out right and I'm just dying on the hole like I'm hanging up like we all know that feeling just like you guys when you guys do that back flip where you're threading the needle to that like box thing like I'm sure you had a couple of those hangups on that too. It's the same type of like motion as that, right? Where you have to kind of guide through it, you know, and try not to hang up. Anyway, I'm dying, right? And see who gets on his phone. He's like, dude, just do it. He's giving me shit. He gets on speakerphone. This is like back in the Motorola, like, you know, like extended antenna days, like pre, you know, smartphone shit. And he puts Roddy Mullen on speakerphone. I don't know who he's talking to. He's like, yeah, I got someone's going to give you some advice. Nice. <laughs> and like, see was explaining to, to Rodney, like, full like vietnam like style like like okay he's leaning back this far on his pelvis like he is you know what i mean like yeah. he's saying all this weird shit around he's like hey man what you need to do okay so like nathan like here's what you need to do nathan. like okay like you need to like keep your front foot over the bolts because like if you don't like you're gonna skid again and it's just like not gonna be good okay and so like and he just gets all tech like he gets all mr wizard like kind of like kind of like a voice cracking version of yoda right I was just like sitting there like, what the fuck? Am I talking to Roddy Mullen right now? This is the fucking weirdest moment of my life. Like, holy shit, I've died, right? Like, this is God talking to me, right? Like, what the fuck? Like, my hero in life, like, talking to me via phone. And he's like, okay, man, now, you know, you need to, like, lean back for the, like, the thing is with that. It's like, he starts getting all kinesiology. He's like, what you need to do is make sure your arm is more tucked in. Like, he can't even see me. But the way he was explaining how I'm fucking up and, like, in his sarcastic manner, to him it like it, somehow his computer type brain mit brain explained it i'm like thank you rodney i appreciate the advice 
Sue hangs up the phone. Four tries later, I get the trick. I was like, what the fuck? So, yeah, he's like, he's tech, man. That guy is like, I mean, he's my hero. I was just like, what the fuck is going on? I just talked to Rodney Mullen on a phone call. Like, I hadn't met him yet at this point, but I was just like, okay, that's crazy. Like, what the fuck? Like, no, I take that back. I think I met him at Tampa and Slam City Jam before that, but not like I knew him. It was more like a, hey, dude, you're my hero. Uh, shake your hand. Bye. You know, I was all like super shy, like, uh, fuck yeah. Rodney Mullen. Holy fuck. Hi, a, you're my hero. I'm going to say hello and wave and smile and walk away because this is fucking crazy. <laughs> you know, like, what a, what a skate of <laughs> consciousness that he has, you know? Yeah, it is. It is, man. You know what I mean? He, he does. It was, it was so funny. I mean, I saw him, I got to know him really well after that, obviously as time would go on, of course, you know, I mean, I listened to your guys' Canton Russell interview and it was so funny how many similarities me and him had with our experiences with people and other great, I mean, I, I don't, I guess Peter Small just lives with Mountain Dew in his pocket because when I met Peter Small, it was the, almost the exact same way Kent met him, except it was in a parking garage, not in a Meyer Frank parking lot. And there's this thing that would happen in Pacific Beach every Thursday where this group of dudes, uh, Jeff King and them would bring flat bars and stuff to this, you know, parking garage and everyone would skate and stuff and party and hang out and do whatever, you know, bump bass and be all crazy. Anyway, first time I met Small, same thing. He does this back ta- backside tail slide kickflip out. As soon as he's rolling away, he pulls out of his cargo hold, a big old thing of that red, what is it, Code Red Mountain Dew in Texas? Yeah, yeah, Code Red. And I was like, dude, how do you do that? Like, I can't skate with a phone number in my pocket, right? Like, I got to stretch for an hour. This guy, like, meanwhile, does this with, like, his ballast all off. That's like, that's like a ship with too much ballast on one side. Like, I don't know how he fucking did that. Like, it's phenomenal. And when I heard that in the Canton Russell interview, the guys, I was laughing my ass off because I was like, oh, my God, like, how does he do that? Like, you don't skate with a fucking giant bottle of Mountain Dew or any liquid in your fucking pocket. Like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. He loves his goddamn Mountain Dew. Doctors think he's crazy because yeah. he loves his goddamn Mountain Dew so much. He does. I'm surprised he's not 300 pounds, though, dude. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, when I drink nothing but sugar, I get huge, man. I get giant. I got to do sit-ups and shit. I got to, like, go on the Danny Way program after that. But that motherfucker yeah. can just somehow chug that shit and just be perfectly fine and not get fat and still skate. Yeah. Great. Amazing. I mean, you know, I just... Him and you know those—he's a blessed guy, you know. What I mean, just right. like fucking uh, Mullen. Another fucking another another fucking legend, Peter yeah. Smolik. But you, uh, you got to switch to the code red. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. the code red. Yeah. So the you code red. Yeah, you used to skate with Jeff King. Um, absolutely. He was he was yeah. he was in the the uh, the caught clean videos with Laban, right? Yep, yep, absolutely, yep. And and American yeah. Misfits before it became the spinoff of, of uh, Built to Shred. So yeah, I worked on all those projects you, with Fuel TV. Um, that was interesting how I met. Well, I mean, I knew Jeff King just from when I moved to San Diego and I got you weren't in, you weren't in caught clean though, or caught clean too, were you? No, I wasn't. I was still in Portland when all those came out, but I, I know of them. I was, I would go up and down the coast and visit friends, but I was still, I was not like in that, that, I guess you could say that atmosphere, that, 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 I don't know, Freemasons fucking blue lodge, Hiram Abiff type thing of that yet. But um, I, I was not in those, but I, I know the videos, of course, all the juggling, all the awesome. I actually got fired from Transl because of Cock Clean, though. I got a great story about Cock Clean. Um, so, yeah, it's fucked up. I mean, this is some uh, – it, it, it's hindsight. It's hilarious. I laughed about it now at the time. I was depressed like a clutch. But so they, I used to write this column, the overwords of Nate Sherwood for Transl. Rest in peace, Eric Stricker, the guy that got me the job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, long story short, basically, they'd have you do these little columns like top 10 this, top 10 mics, top 10 whatever. And I did the top 10 video skits of all time, right? 
Mm-hmm. And one of them was going to be caught clean. And John Holland, who was working at Transworld at the time as the videographer, like, you know, the guy made a lot of the videos there, obviously, um, sight on scene, you know, we could go on, you know, uh, many of the Transworld videos, you know, Reason, blah, 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 with John Holland on it, right? Oh, yeah. And anyway, I thought one of the skits would be cool is to put John Holland in there because John Holland was actually played one of the FBI agents in caught clean. If you look closely, it's John Holland. It's all clean shaven as the FBI earpiece after, like, it goes nuclear and, like, you know, blows up the world. That's like John Holland. I thought it'd be cool to mention, right? John Holland not wanting to affiliate himself with Laban for some weird beef that was like some stupid shit over a girl from a million years prior, which is just super catty eighth grade bullshit, if you ask me. As an adult, he shouldn't give a fuck. But he didn't want to be affiliated with that. He's like, he saw it at Blue Line, which is basically the fancy word for saying the day before deadline, like 24 hours before it needs to go to print. And he's like, no, you need to change that skit now. You need to change that skit now. Take that out of there. And like, I had nine other skits. I don't remember all of them right now off the top of my head. But, you know, like typical, you know, skate industry skit shit out videos. And I was like, oh, fuck. Okay, I got to swap that out. So Gretchen, the copyright editor, she's like, you just think of a skit real quick. It's not going to be that hard. Just rewrite one. So without doing research and obviously not having, an, you know, like now you can just Google all easy and fucking get an iPhone and do shit. Not having like a VHS tape in front of my face. Under the pressure of the gun, I fucking said Streets of Fire, Jason Jesse in jail, you know. And in that article, I wrote somewhere about Skip Elmbaum um, being the, the jailer in there. And... It turns out the guy that was the jailer just looks like Skip Elmbaum, and it's a big misconstrued thing that's not him. It's just some other, you know, old school fucking Venice dude, right? And anyway, fucking Skin Phillips finds out about this after it's in print, after it goes out to 85,000 copies. It's like, oh, you did do your research on that article, and, and there, there's a lot of hot, hot water coming down from me from HS, so we're going to have to let you go, which is just the dumbest thing to ever get let go over in my life, like literally. But, but Skin Phillips, it was like one of those cutthroat, like stupid, like, we're getting a lot of shit, so we got to like make an example of you, but also like, I didn't, it was like weird. It was like, why can't you just print an apology or something over that? But I, I don't, I don't think anyone liked me there except fucking honestly, Eric Stricker. Now I think about it, but it, you know, it's weird that cock clean got me fired from Transworld like a million years later after it was released. But um, yeah. Jeff King, I met I, and, and I got involved with Laban and Ted and, you know, American Misfits and all that stuff. I met Laban Fidius and Ted Newsom through Willie Santos because they came and did this thing for Twitter horse productions of his skate shop for this like weird insert DVD, like when DVDs were still the new thing in this weird short lived magazine called the skateboard trade news that Adam Sullivan ran. And I met them like going to get lunch with Willie Santos and Willie Santos being the carnivore that he is decided to take them to a sushi place. And they're both vegan. Right. And I'm like, dude, I even said it to them. Like, as we're sitting at the restaurant, I'm like, I don't know what's here for you guys. And like, they're surprised. I knew that about him just because I read a Laban interview a million years prior to that. I was like, these guys don't eat anything that's derived from dairy or animals or anything. They're like, they got all stoked. And I was like, shit. So we geeked out, changed numbers, be- befriended each other. A couple months later, they call me up. Long story short, Laban's like, hey, we want to do this thing called American Misfits. And we'd love to have you involved. We want to do this skit called Notorious Nate. Just basically you being the hyper spaz you are and just geeking out with pro skaters. And we're going to go to spots and do stuff you down. And I was like, absolutely. And so that's kind of how I got to know Jeff King really well. Um, I would crash at their house in LA all the time in Echo Park. Um, I got to meet Keith or Sutherland through them because he was the guy that was funding the show, which is really weird. That was the strangest fucking thing ever. Laban and Ted were really close to Kiefer and Ted yeah. Newsom knew Kiefer because fucking, Ted used to work legend. for some fashion magazine. Isn't that fucking weird? Isn't that the weirdest thing ever? Keith or Sutherland was a producer of a skateboard TV show. How weird is that? I love that. It's very strange. <laughs> the, strange the lost boy himself. Connection. Literally. Yeah. I know. Like, I'll never, I'll never forget meeting the guy and just being like, holy fuck, this is so weird. Like, I'm sitting yeah. here looking at Lost Boys, dude. Like, Jack Bauer shit. I tried not to fanboy out, but... Uh, I, I would love to see a season of 24 based around that. I know, right? 
He's yeah. got a Jack Bauer's got to go help the skateboard yeah. punks, you know. Jack, listen, this guy Nate Sherwood's running his mouth. We need you to go <laughs> make an example of him, if you know what we mean. Exactly. No, do you mean just like fire him from Trans World? Yeah, yeah, that's yes. what we mean. Yeah, yeah. Well, how about fucking? Um, oh my God, you guys are involved in the in, in that in that SAG scene, uh, Screen Actors Guild scene. I I, I saw I saw Black Friday. And, uh, you know, yeah. Dave, due to Dave Bay's uh, post on Facebook, I went and watched it. Congratulations on that, by the way. That, that's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, I, that's I, great, I actually, yeah. yeah I, I wanted to be an extra in that movie, but uh, yeah, they wouldn't let me because I wasn't actually a SAG actor. They had to, this was during, well, we're still in COVID, but this was like, you know, uh, right in the thick of COVID. So they needed everybody no to be uh, SAG actors on set. Yeah, they're gnarly. That SAG card is gnarly. I paid like, I think three hundred fifty dollars for mine back in the day, and it saved me so much. It was it was kind of expensive at the time. It felt like, but it was like I was I, I did some stunt work in Lords of Dogtown, and obviously a lot of that field TV stuff and all that stuff required it. And it was like it's weird how they they make you rock that shit. They're very 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 what's the word for it? Uh, meticulous about it. Yeah, they. They get weird about that stuff, man. I'm sorry that you got fucked over on that, man. That oh, sucks. No, that's I mean, cool. It just would have been you know, funny being like, you know, my real yeah. dream is being an extra in a Happy Madison production. So, you know, I'm maybe oh, I yeah, that, for that. You dude, know? that would be the greatest fucking thing ever. Me too, man. I would fucking cut my dick off and throw it under a school bus. You know, fucking I mean, I, I well, do that anyway. That, that works perfect for the, the yeah. plot of the new Happy Madison production coming. Right, right. Netflix. Exactly. It's yeah. not yeah. Happy Madison. He yeah. has to change the tire down oh, the street. Oh, oh, my dick. You cut it off and threw it under a bus. Was that oh Leprechaun or was so that Adam good. Sandler? Uh, was that, that was, I think that was a good Sandler. <laughs> Dude, you sounded like him. You did a good impression. Holy Thank shit. You. All right, hit me with, hit me with the Shabbatahua. Oh, a Shabbatahua. Oh That's my god! Really that was more. That was like that was almost more Holy like Conan fuck, dude, doing. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to be fucking. You need to be. Oh my god! You sound like Adam Sandler. Holy shit, man! That's frightening. How good you do that impression? Thank you. Holy so much. shit! Yeah, that would be much. that would be in there though. Just them throwing their dick under a bus. They have to chase it down. The Steve Buscemi has to peel it out of the tread. Just to get it put back on, on backwards. I've been like, I've been trying to yeah. hit up Lauren Michaels and tell him to hire yeah. Tom just to be just to imitate all the cast members from the Sandler era of Saturday Night Live. I think that you, you got Sandler, you got Dana Carvey, you got mm-hmm. Farley, oh, yeah. you know, bring them all back via Tom. And I could do Dom Pardo as guys. well. Yeah. Fucking musical, great guys. Musical guest, Nate Sherwood. <laughs> dude, That's you are good. fucking legit. I got to hire you to do a commercial for my skate shop with that voice. Dude, you dude. should. You should. Hey, I I'm going to pay you to So, hey, I'm here, I'm here for it. it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God! I'm gonna get you to do the next Edgescape commercial for YouTube, bro. Oh, dude, be I'm like, down. and that's Edgescape, fifteen percent off pepper grip tape, you know, whatever. <laughs> Watch yeah, out! You, I'm gonna hit you up about that, dude. Yeah, it's you coming. you write you write the copy, and I'll 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 lay down the lines. It's, I Deal. It. Yes, <laughs> yes. I need it, man, for our local radio and TV shit. That'd be perfect. Next time Absolutely. we need an ad spot. Watch the fuck out, man. I'm gonna have you do the Lauren <laughs> Michaels and hey, musical guest. Like, oh my God, you're freaking me out. Good to do that. I I am. Dude, you're my hero. That's fucking nuts. Dude, Holy thank shit, you, bro. man. Thank I saw that you guys got to stay the night at Chris Naracco's house. Yeah. In New that, Jersey. Oh, yeah. Actually, I was going to bring up, weren't you on the cover of Big Brother? I was. I did have the cover. Yep. I yeah, got my yeah, ass yeah. kicked. Shine Knoxville's daughter beat the living shit out of me on that cover. Yeah, it fucking was, hurt. <laughs> was your cover the one that was hated and misunderstood, or was that Todd that Falcon? Was me? That was you. No, that was me, man. Yeah, I remember. I, I had that yeah. issue. Yeah. <laughs> 
I'm, the, I'm doing a pogo and shit and it's like sunset yeah. and, and you're frowning photo. and yeah and you're frowning yep. and johnny knoxville's Holy. daughter's there yeah i remember yes. the cover very vividly yeah, um, beating the living shit so I, out of me yeah. so i forget why were you hated and misunderstood pressure flips i mean really i mean uh, i mean i guess i'm a spazzy hyper guy at the same time but you know really 90 percent of it i mean i i would say I know it comes from a biased heart here, but it, you know, it was, it was my trick selection, you know I mean? Yeah. You know, it was, it was a very, at that point in time, it, like you said, it was, it was after that first wave of pressure ups, you know, in, in the late days, early nineties, right. Big pants, small wheels era, you know, and it was, it was between that and at that, you know, and, and now of course, right. Where we're dealing with them everywhere. You turn on the internet, you can't miss a, you can see a pressure up everywhere, which is awesome. Props on the pressure board side down the handrail, by the way. So your, uh, your dude, uh, Matt Tomasello. Thank you. Thank you. I was like, oh, you know, far. you no. know, I taught Thank Matt pressure flips. OK, again. he might be better at everything uh, compared to me, but I taught him pressure flips. And no one could take that away from me, mm-hmm. bro. You are gnarly. You can do wall rides. Where you, I don't know how the fuck you do those wall rides. You grab the pole and then take your foot off the front of the board and put it back in like a like some kind of saran wrap shit. You're an amazing skater. Don't don't sell yourself down. Neither of you guys are. You guys both are fucking amazing, man. I, I geek out on your guys shit all the fucking time. I can go uh, on for days you, about that. Like your guys' tour videos are just like fucking insane, dude. I could geek out on both your guys' footage for days. And who's that gnarly, the shaved head, like oi punk guy that hangs with you guys at rips? The the fucking, he rocks like the high water pants, looks like Ian McKay back in like 1982. Fucking shreds. That's our our friend Cam. That's our friend Cam. I'm going to let Tom feel this one real quick. Oh my oh, yeah. God. Cam, when I, Cam up, I want to be that guy. Like, I really want to be that guy when I grow up. Like he's my hero. Like Cam is, he looks like, he looks like the, the, the drawing from the circle jerks album covers. Like he's, he's like literally like in spirit, like he embodies like every person in my neighborhood that I met skating when I first started in 87. Like it, it, it put a smile on my face seeing that guy, the way he skates, the way he is, his total, I don't give a fuck attitude, like pissing in his own mouth. I was like, I like this guy. Like, uh, I think Cam, that was him pissing in his own mouth. Yeah. Oh, that, like, that was, yeah. that was Cam. Cam is, Cam is. I've, great he's he's one of I've our i always wanted our to do that but never had the balls to do that i've always wanted to piss my mouth but never had the guts dude i always Can't, thought about it but then i was pussied out i need the goku graphic where's the goku graphic thank you thank you i was like help me out bro they're all on my shit with that i'm like fuck me why why dude why are you calling that like, why like why you know so there's like you know then they're sitting there like what is this stuff and i'm like dude it's awesome and i show them videos of it and i show them the marketing and they're like i don't care it's like it's like whatever's in their head it's kind of like owning a record store and no one wanted to open up their their idea of different forms of music you know i feel like i'm the guy oh, where i'm yeah. like oh you look at misfits then you'll love sam hayne and they're like i hate sam hayne i don't like the misfits you're like jesus christ you're almost the same shit what the fuck so i feel like i'm i'm constantly doing that in the skate shop constantly and and um you know awh in chicago is really great those guys are really good about carrying a lot of underground brands so we get a lot of good underground stuff from them too and obviously eastern as well but um you know like i i definitely i carry fancy as much as i can and i i I preach the gospel fancy lad on the videos. I always try to keep up with what you guys are doing. And, um, you know, it's, it's fucking just remarkable. I mean, I, I, I could just geek out about you guys for fucking days. Like seriously, Thank it's, you, bro. It, it's Thank like you. insane. Like you're fucking your goddamn trampoline shit with you and the fucking, you know, man ramp guy and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And the, I mean, I could just go on calling fist of shit. You guys in Chicago getting fucking nuts at the fucking, um, fucking, well, Oh my God. It was virtual Clemente school. And just, I mean, everything yeah. dude. I could go on. Well, we wouldn't days, we wouldn't but, be know. here for the legends like yourself, you know, Simon Woodstock, Todd Falcon, you mm-hmm. know, these you know, Laban, even, you know, these American misfits, yeah. if you will. Unsung heroes right. of their times, for sure. These fringe characters of yeah. the skate industry, you know. 
I'm honored by those kind words, man. I'm forever grateful and humbled, man. Seriously. Like it means the world to me. Seriously, man. It really does. I am extremely humbled and honored. It, it just, you know, I, I just, I did what I loved and I had no choice. I had to adapt and overcome. And, and it means a lot to me, man. You guys are, are carrying the torch on. And I'm just so happy that when I die, there's going to be dudes like you out there that are to keep this going, you know, keep that middle finger to the fucking, you know, to the norm and the conformity and skateboarding and mm-hmm. to, just fucking sew your own fabric of your own fucking, you know, to your own beat of your own drummer. I'm just, yeah. you know, I really do get sick and tired of seeing the same regurgitated shit. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like music, like, or food. I look at it as taste. I'm not going to insult someone. No matter what what you're doing on a skateboard, it takes talent, skill, and I respect that. It's just when when the media only, you know, publicizes one fucking attribute of that, it's kind of saying the only music on earth is rock and roll. And being like, well, wait right. a second. How about fucking, I don't know jazz how about fucking funk how about you know you know whatever dub you know i could go on forever what about roots reggae right. we could go on forever right so it's just well, one of those things where i feel that like kids are getting a very small fraction of what skateboarding's about through the lens of the of the mainstream media skating so it's great that you guys are out there carrying that torch and showing them that there is the eccentric you know fucking awesome you know iconoclast of fucking skateboarders like yourselves you're going out there and just being like no we can do whatever the fuck we want there's no rules to this bullshit that's the point of it if I wanted to do something with rules to it, I'd, I would have played basketball like my old man wanted me to. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'd, I'd, be like, st- I'd still be in Little League right now. Exactly. You know? I'd still be in fucking Little League and hitting the nuts because I can't yeah. fucking, you know, I, I don't know how far to stand from the plate and shit. Exactly. I mean, exactly. I'd still be in Little League. Like, I don't know. It's what drew me well, to this was, was the individuality of it, you know? Yeah, my, my Little League coach would always rag on me because he said I looked too good in my outfit. <laughs> Yeah, that's no that's kind of weird. And then he'd and then he'd wink and lick <laughs> and lick his lips a little bit. Yeah, it was weird. That's so yeah. creepy. <laughs> Fuck, dude, that's crazy. He looked nice. Oh, I'd be scared shitless. I'd throw a fucking ball at his nuts and run. Fuck that. I'd be like, ah. What you were saying right before that, uh, Tom was telling us about his little little league coach. Um, <laughs> you know, I was just thinking, even if you know, say skateboarding. Uh, was just one genre. Say, say those other genres of music were like you know other extreme sports like uh, rollerblading and biking and scootering and snowboarding. Yes. Uh, right. Even if even if skateboarding was rock and roll, you know, it's uh, the thing about it is you know you need the um, the reaction to the mainstream, which you know came as punk. So you always need an alternative to the mainstream, which Big Brother very much was at the time. I agree. I love Big so Brother. It's it's kind I mean, of more of an honor to be on the Big Brother cover when you think about it. And thank you, man. It means a lot to me. I mean, to, you know, to be frank, I mean, Big Brother, I, I never would have had a career. I never would have paid rent. I never would have had some of the travels or experience I would have if it wasn't for Big Brother. Like, as much Ooh. as Chris Narako gave me shit, Dave Carnell's had my back. Lisa Buckingham, huge shout out to her for making get me in there. Heather Roach, huge shout out. Rick Kosick, um, Demiri Eliestovich. I could go on for hours. Love um, Dan Borky. Love those dudes. All those yeah. guys. Yeah, Dave Carney, of course. Um, Big Brother did so much for me early in my career. And they really, I mean, honestly, my first pro contest was Slam City Jam Vancouver, Canada. And I went up there with my my platonic friend, which the girlfriend at the time didn't believe me. But anyway, I, I drove up there from Portland with this chick, which is fucking crazy. Like, now I think about when you're 18 years old, don't do this, guys. Like, literally, your girlfriend is like, I can't get work off. You're going to have to go solo. And then you take this chick that you know from the other side of town with you for a three-day trip to Canada it's a good way to get in trouble with your girlfriend. Anyway, long story short, nothing ever happened with me and that chick. But anyway, fucking get to Canada. I'm fresh out of the fucking car, right? I go to this fucking, she wanted to swim at this public swimming pool. I wanted to go skate this park down the street. I'm skating this park, and here comes Dave Carney, Rick Kosick, just fucking over a berm of grass, just fucking just kicking it, right? 
And next thing I know, they're, they're filming me and they put me in the fucking boob video. Like, everything they filmed that day is in the boob video. Like, they literally just like, hey, what's your name? Like, holy shit, you're doing some wacky shit. Next thing I know, that, like, put me on the map. Uh, I remember, uh, what's his name? Dave Meddy had slapped, talked about some shit, has seen me. And it just, it was like that weird spark that lit the fire that mm-hmm. got me to a point where I could go from being, you know, a guy that was, you know, making 200 bucks a month to actually having, you know, money in the bank and a pro model and, and you know, not having to stress working a construction job on the side, you know. Who did you have a pro model for? Uh... Vision Skateboards. Yeah, I turned pro for Vision. Yeah, so it was me, mm-hmm. Billy Joe Yarbrough, Rich Cooley, big props to Rich Cooley, still talk to him to this day. Um, Pure Luke Gagan was on at that time, which is crazy. Pure Luke Gagan, you know, Pure Luke Gagan. It sounds like this. He skates vert really well, you know. Um, and, Ta- and Taz Pappas. It was a weird team. Taz mm-hmm. Pappas, Pure Luke Gagan, Rich Cooley, Billy Joe Yardbrough, my dumbass. And this other guy, Jamie Smith, who I don't know where he is now. If anyone can find him, he's not on social media. Tell him I love him because he was rad. I don't know what happened. I don't know if he's dead or he just went off the grid or he's like in some bunker. And he's like, he's from Tennessee. Guy was fucking amazing. He's one of those guys that like was nolly flip, no sliding down handrails. Like, you know, like at the same era that Damon Toya and those guys are doing it. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know who did it first. I could argue that one, but he was definitely right there in the cusp of that nolly flip trick into, you know, shit down handrail era. Yeah. Amazing skater. Unbelievably underrated. I don't know where he is now. I can't find him. I've been trying to find him social media wise for years. I hope he's alive. But um, so, yeah, I was on Vision and Vision was, I mean, honestly, at that time, it was great. I mean, it was 10 years after Gons left, of course. So they had kind of a scarlet letter to the bear with certain industry people. I remember John Humphreys went to shoot photos with me because of it. He finally shot a photo with me for an ad, but then said he didn't want his name on it. There were certain people in the industry that were very um, apprehensive of getting involved with Vision because of what Brad Dorfman did to them. And of course, when you're 18, you don't realize all these industry politics. I was too young to understand that Brad Dorfman owned like thousands of dollars to people like, obviously you know, Mark Gonzalez and, you know, you name it, anyone got burned. Hence why he started blind, you know, all that shit. And there's so many other dudes that like he owed money to that he fucked over. I mean, I could go on You interviewed Russ Pope recently. I think he had a short stint working at vision too. And he might've, he might've mentioned that um, as well at some point, but um, I could geek out about that forever. You know, uh, vision really fucked over a lot of people. I was lucky though. I saw the writing on the wall before they fucked me over. My contract was up with them and I had a feeling they were going to like find that, you know, next week's, you know, whatever you want to call it, not, it's, it's an exaggeration. It sounds egotistical or vain, but like the next hot thing that was coming up or whatever, you know, there, I, I could tell something was going down with that. I actually got in touch with Brian Tusi and fucking, um, God, uh, Jamie fucking, oh, not Jamie Owens, Jamie Oliver, sorry. That, that was, was no relation to the TV host who owned Capital Skateboards at that point in time. So I jumped ship from Vision right before they were going to fire me and I got on Nicotine Wheels and Capital Skateboards out of D.C., which was really weird. And I took Rod Marks with me and who the fuck else? Jaron Faustino rode for him at that time. Cooper Wilt rode for Capital for a brief minute, a little unknown fact at that time. And um, who the fuck else? It'll come back to me in an hour. But so it was weird. Like Vision basically had this 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 kind of notorious thing for being um, like basically you'd get a year or two contract with them. If you're lucky, a two-year contract. And then once they're done, they just cut you. It was like a weird marketing. You were yeah. disposable. Basically, what you were is a disposable marketing tool to them. That's all you were to vision. I, I, I knew that kind of going into it. So thank God I wasn't as hurt as other people that went into it and got burned. But I, I kind of had a good head on my shoulder. I was already just happy to not be working construction. And just I just kind of was just basically trying to float yeah. and just ride out as long. I, I was just trying to milk it, you know, eat as much top round as possible and fucking not starve on the street and live at Burnside. You know, that was my only fucking goal was yeah. at that time was how long can I do this for until I fucking need to go get a day job and become a normal function adult. You know, that, that was really right. all of my thinking. What were, uh, were there any other bigger companies that you skated for like vision? Oh God. Um, I'm trying to think, I mean, independent trucks when, when, um, when fucking 
Trache was still there. Um, and when, when fucking, oh my God, is that fucked up? When he was still there before he left to do Ace, he put me on Indy for a while. And um, Joey Trache, sorry, I'm like brain farting. I, I fuck up him and his brother all the time. But um, Joey, you know, he put me on Indy, so that was sick. I mean, I get these boxes of Indies. It was like, there's no way you can go through fucking more than one set of Indies a month. Like, it's impossible unless I don't know, maybe yeah. there's someone that does. Not I me, mean, not the, not this guy. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm not scanning the chunky shit in the world either. But, you know, it'd be like two sets of Indies, a hoodie, and it was all kinds of fun shit would be in that box every month. You know, you know, you name it, bottle openers and weird shit. And that was a bigger name brand. Um, let's see, Mark Waters, rest in peace. He died of COVID. Great man. He put me on. He put me on flow for a long time through through uh, Soltech, so I got S shoes forever. I mean, I was I was like S flow for life kind of guy. Like I, Hell yeah, I had S's coming in all the time until I I got picked up by uh, Epic Footwear, which was short lived, and they gave me a paycheck. But then once Epic went out of business, I called Mark Waters, and he was nice enough to hook me up again. So it was kind of a weird thing where I would go between these shoe sponsors where they're like short lived, and they give me money and and you know pay my way or whatever you want to call it and send me free shoes. And then once they went out of business, Mark Waters would just be so kind to be like, yeah, sure, I'll send you a fucking bike, you know, like, you know, cool, you know, and you'd send me fucking six pairs of shoes and it never put me fully on where they, you know, do anything for me other than that, which I'm not complaining about. I was, you know, beggars can't be choosy. I was thankful they didn't give a flying fuck about my dumb ass at all, to be honest. I, I was like Forrest Gump. I just kept lucking out, you know. Would you um, like the Costin one? Oh, I like the Costin one. I skated the fuck out. There's a lot of old footage of me actually out there in the Costin one. My Elevate Trucks video part, that was like the first well-distributed video part of me in 2000 that came out. It's somewhere on YouTube somewhere. I was skating all Costin ones. Yeah, I love those. I love the, X, the XLs. Um, later on, the Square Ones uh, hot shit. Obviously, your native son, million years later, of course, million years later, Patrick John Ladd colorway, the brown. I called them the Chocolate mm-hmm. Labradors. You know, those ones with the Boston, uh, you know, sideline. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. I, I wrote a lot of that stuff. You know, I, I I mean, basically, basically, Mark would just send me this box of five pairs of shoes and they're all different. I would just skate the lame fuck out of them, you know. And this is the funny thing. When I got airspeed shoes, which was my best paying check ever, I still would skate S's because the airspeed shoes sucked so bad. I would black out all the markings on that said S and I'd shoot ads and shoot them. So if you look at those airspeed ads from like 2007, 8, 9, and 10, 2000, even 2011, I'm skate S's actually in all the ads. <laughs> nice. Yeah, Airspeed, that, that, that was a, that, that was like a, a Walmart brand, right? Is that right? Yes. Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. ridiculous. Okay. It was a Walmart brand, dude. Who else skated for them? Was it uh Christian Svitek or? Uh... Yep. Svitek got on after. I, I, I got him on there. And then I got shit canned when he was on there. Um, Mike McGill was on there. Mike McGill's who got me on. Mike McGill got me on. And I was like, pinching pennies so hard at that point in my life like i what the fuck was i doing for a job before that it's a fucked up job i guess i want to blank for my memory it was fucked up dude what the hell was i doing i was oh i was refinishing boats dude like i was refinishing boats i was running for recon skateboards big shout out to geraldo brand over there and you know they're a small 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 brand that couldn't do much you know for you financially I mean, you know i mean they were great guys and refinishing boats and then one day i get on my space just to check my shit i shit you negative and Matt McGill's like, hey, so I write for Airspeed Footwear. I'm like, yeah, I know. I see your you know, ads everywhere on your billboards around San Diego. He's like, well, they're looking for a street guy. And I can think of a better guy, the better attitude than you. Would you be willing to come meet with us? And I was like, yes, absolutely. Fucking Lulu. I've been standing boats in this dock with this fucking awesome guy, Lenny. He was rad. That's another story in itself. You'll be there all day. But sawing barnacles off of boats versus this, I was like, fuck yeah. And I went in there. It was kind of like, okay, like this, you guys can relate to this in your Boston. But like, do you remember the scene where, um, and fucking, what was it? The fucking, oh my God, the first Ben Affleck movie where, oh my God, how about them apples? What the fuck is that? 
Good will hunting? Dude. Yes, good will hunting. We're like fucking, they send fucking, what's his fuck, into the meeting with the, like, the arms defense guys. And he's just like kind of bullshitting that he's him, but he's not. He's like, he's kind of acting like his agent. Fucking Ben Affleck's character is like, goes in there and just kind of like presses him for money. It was kind of like that. Like, I knew these guys were a faceless company. They're, you know, literally a subsidiary of Walmart, which I have no qualms about. Like, if it's a friend's company, I'm, I'm going to be friendly and kind of and doty. But these guys, I just knew it was going to be fucking weird. So I literally watched in that office, like imaging myself as Ben Affleck in the boiler room type shit. Just like, fuck it. Like, you know, you know, I'm sick of saying both. If it works, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't. And I go on there and this guy, I'll never forget his name, Jason McMaster. That was literally his name was the team manager of, of Airspeed Footwear, Jason McMaster. And Bill Mann was his boss. And it literally sounds like some of a movie, like their names are even fucking sound real. <laughs> and anyway, I get, in, I get in the office and, you know, we're bullshitting, we're talking, we're, you know, we're jiving, we're riffing. And Mike McGill and them are, you know, are kind of like, what would you want? Like, what would you want from him? Mike McGill just rides for him. He's not, doesn't really have a say anything. He's just, you know, he's just the guy that broke the ice. I'm like, what do you want from us exactly? I'm like, I'm like, two pairs of shoes and $1,500 a month. Because <laughs> that was what my bills was for at that, that time in my life were like, you know, 13 something. I thought, you know, I'm just going to fucking aim high and they're going to talk me down. They didn't talk me down at all. They're like, okay. <laughs> I was like, holy fuck. Damn, you like, should have said twice that. Yeah. Literally, I felt like Ben Affleck. Like, like, fuck, I should have asked for more. It was like that. It was a total Ben Affleck fucking Google hunting moment. I was like, God damn it. Like, you have to go back to fucking Matt Damon and be like, sorry, dude, I could have got you more, but I, you know, I biffed it. And so, next thing I know, I'm riding for airspeed and, you know, I'm, I'm done standing boats. And uh, three years of my life, I was making that till I got my shoe out in Walmart, which made more money. But then I got shit canned because I opened my big fucking stupid mouth. As you guys have noticed, I'm pretty good at doing that. Um, so this is weird. I, I, I'm making like, you know, I'm making 1500 plus royalties, you know, for my damn shoots and Walmart's all around everywhere. And it's probably my car because those shoes are probably made by some fucked up sweatshop where it's probably some 10 year olds tied to a loom being electrocuted every day by cattle prods. So honestly, it's probably my fucking karma for riding for such a shitty company in the first place. But anyway, J- uh, what was his name? Fuck. Oh my God. Like Jesse fucking, oh my God. He's doing Excel wheels. It's going to kill me. I can see his fucking face right now. Jesse Fritch. Jesse Rich hits me, hits me up from, at the time, it was called ShredderDie.com, but later became the Ride Channel. Mm-hmm. And he's like, do you want to do a free lunch with us? And free lunch was like a thing, a series they did then where it was like, they'd take you to lunch and they'd interview you, right, over lunch. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember those. Okay, yeah. And so he's like, hey, you want to do a free lunch with us? I'm like, dude, like, I'm fucking down, dude. Like, let's do it, you know? And basically, like, what happened between the time he said, let's do the interview. And actually we actually conducted the interview because he had tons of lined up. It was like one of those things like, you know, he's got big name people like Christian Soy shit lined up. Like I'm not getting in the front of that line with good reason. I don't blame because you know, those are legends. I'm just this dork that does pressure ups, right? I'm just a fucking idiot. And so like months and months goes by. Right. And during those months, airspeed decides to say, Hey man, like we got to cut your check down to 500 bucks a month. Like we can't afford to keep you anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Like times are rough. 2008, you know, crash is really hard on us blah 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 you know like this is like 2011 you know 2008 was fucking this now hitting us whatever anyway long story short i'm working at my friend's taco shop my friend greg lukashevitz shout out greg lukashevitz and fucking his brother armando anyway long story short i'm working at a taco shop right and i'm making 500 bucks a month from skateboarding now at this point and i'm i'm literally working at a taco shop to pay the rest of my bills Anyway, Jesse Fritz is like, you know, where do you want to go for lunch? I'm like, let's do it at the taco shop I work at because I'm going to plug them as much as I can because, you know, they're keeping me from starving in the street and being a hobo and drinking Sterno, right? Oh, yeah. And so fucking we meet up there and Jesse Fritz asked the questions like, why are you working here? Like, what's going on? You have a shoe in Walmart. And I, I'm horrible. Like, you can see the movie Liar, Liar, Jim Carrey. Like, I oh, like yeah. that. I can't lie at all. I can't fucking filter anything. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's a sin. It's not a, it's not a, I mean, it's a fucking curse, not a blessing because like, I, I literally just told the truth. 
I was like, airspeed cut my check into 500 bucks. And Jason Magnus went and bought a brain and said, he's better the money with me. I said that on camera, like literally, of course they ran it. Literally the day after it got ran, I get this fucking phone call from Jason McMaster. Well, we're going to have to let you go. Your contract is now voided because of this and this defamation. Like then they start threatening to sue me and shit. And I was just like, holy fuck. Anyway, big argument on the phone, threw the phone on the ground, broke the fucking phone. You know, like this is, again, it was like a flip phone. This is, you know, I didn't have an iPhone. I think they're around then, but I didn't own one. Anyway, pissed off, fucking gnarly falling out, you know, blah, blah, blah. All these shoes are still out there in the water. I don't get a penny for them whatever i'm thinking about small claims shit i started talking to different attorneys they're like fuck you you can't do anything about it like if it says if you have this clause you're, you're fucked dude so anyway i'm fucking back to fucking working at the taco shop and I, I could go to this long life story thing you'll be here all fucking day but what happened next was even more fucking crazy and more traverse and more obtuse i'm in the taco shop i'm fucking cut up carne asada i'm just slicing it you know just fucking butchering shit right Steak, this dude drew, in case you're wondering just fucking just cutting steak all day Drinking Modelo's on the job, getting drunk all day, day drinking, like destroying my liver, just being a piece of shit. Like, just, you know what I mean? Like, fucking, Relate. just, it was pretty much like just fucked, right? Like, full Alex Trainer gall status, just fucked up shit, right? And, like, anyway, fucking, I'm standing there cooking and shit. And, like, this dude, Drew Dorn, I know, comes through the front door and, like, he's ordering at the county. He sees me in the back. He's like, what you doing here? He's like, this is like total devil's advocate, like, crossroads Robert Johnson shit. He's like, my father-in-law owns a car lot. Would you like to work with me on a car lot? And I've heard all the rumors in movies. Like, we've all seen the used car sale movies, right? Like, fucking Kurt Douglas and shit movies. And you know what I mean? Like, fucking, you know, weird-ass movies with Heather Shady and shit. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to work there. Like, taco shop sucks. Like, yeah, absolutely, I'll work on a car lot. Don't ever do it. I don't wish you to pull my worst enemies, dude. Seriously, don't ever work on a car lot. It's the most horrific job you'll ever have in your life. It's literally like everyone's fighting over customers. You don't get one penny unless you literally sell something people are harsh and, and demeaning and, and condescending and fucked up. And like, I never met more like homophobic, more sexist, more racist, more fucked up people than I did in car lots. Like literally dude, like those are the most fucked up places in the world. I'll never ever work in a car lot again. If you ever have a choice between killing yourself or a car lot, please just shoot yourself in the head. Like it's just don't do it. Worst job in the world, which led me to basically my wife supported me off tips at the bar she worked at. And, and well, not then my wife, my girlfriend, whatever, you know, we are married now. And I came back to her hometown of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, when I visited and I realized everything was dirt cheap here. Like there was nothing going on. There wasn't a skate shop within 30 miles. So I don't have to compete against any other skate shop. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to take out a small business loan. I'm going to write a business plan. I'm going to open a skate shop. And that's kind of how I ended up in Iowa, to be honest. Like literally fucking that was 10 years ago, this, this June that we opened up. So. Um, I've been, been, been here in the tundra for that long. And that's kind of, that's kind of the skinny on the airspeed thing. If, if you're wondering, I guess for like a better term. <laughs> and you've just been, uh, running the skate shop ever since. Yeah, literally. I have no employees. Just me and my wife. We're literally a mom and pop operation. Like she's there right now, actually doing inventory. Um, we literally for the past 10 years, it's just us behind the counter. Um, you know, it's so weird. I don't, I did not think it would last 10 years. It was more like a hopscotch. Maybe I it was going to do it and then part-time go back to school or something, but it ended up just being this thing where, you know, it worked. I never wanted to compete against any skate shops that I respected. So I couldn't move anywhere on the West Coast. I mean, all the way from the Canadian border to the Mexican border, there were skate shops every two feet. And I didn't want to compete against any of my friends that had skate shops because that's just rude and horrible. And I didn't want to move to, like, some random place I didn't have any connection to and open a skate shop and then get killed by the locals for not being a native. And so it just worked. My wife's hometown of Cedar Rapids, where she was originally from, just worked out perfectly. There wasn't a skate shop, like I said, within 30 miles yeah. at the time. And, um, you know, we opened up and, uh, 
I soon learned the culture of Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I mean, Eric Fletcher's from here. Uh, Uli Marin's from here. Um, Adam Miller's from here. He just moved to Des Moines recently. And I think he's going to be on street plant with Mike Valley soon, to be honest. Um, probably yeah. by the time this airs, he'll probably be on there. I could go on, but like, he's, does Mike, you know, there's all these does guys Mike V ever around. stop into your skate shop? You know, we, we sell a lot of his boards and he wanted to do a poetry reading, but I was getting hip surgery literally the same week he wanted to do that. And I said, dude, sorry, I'm getting hip surgery, bro. Um, he has not swung by. The, oh, no, no, I take that back. Holy fuck. I'm an asshole. He swung by like nine years ago when he was on tour with Black Flag. I'm a total dick. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I forgot that. It's all over our social media. Someone was going to call me out on that one. Thank God. But yeah, him and Black Flag swung by. That was pretty fucking cool. That was a neat yeah. surprise, to be honest. Like, yeah, him and Greg Ginn and Dez and all those fuckers. It was insane. Like, all these punk rock legends in my dumbass skate shop, hanging out, shooting pools, shooting the breeze. We had some great photos and hung out. They were on their way to Iowa City to play a show, and that was before he moved here. I would like to think that might have been the tour where he fell in love with Iowa and decided to move here, but I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm speculating. But we've talked a lot since he moved here. I, I, I sell a lot of his fucking boards, like a shit ton of them. So we talk on the phone a lot when I do orders or through, you know, email. Um, also like when I go to Des Moines, I see him, I saw him at the, obviously the do tour, um, Olympic, you know, qualifier and we bullshit and rubbed elbows and you know, all that great guy, love him, love and wife. Um, both their kids are great. Just, just a good salt of the earth, man. You know, he's always been just cool and humble to me. Um, but yeah, I, I, he's about two hours away from me. I mean, Des Moines, if you drive like a maniac, you can be there an hour and 20 minutes. Like there's this fucking dude in town, Mitchell Durr that gets there in like an hour. Cause he's fucking nuts. But he drives like a Camaro and he's like super like he's like the dead Biltman song, bitch and Camaro. But like uh, if you drive like a sane person like, like me that wants to live to see tomorrow, it's about two hours of traffic between here and Des Moines where where, um, where uh, Mike B lives. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, we're the second biggest in Iowa. We're kind of like the Olympia, Washington or let me think. What's the second biggest city in New England? I don't know. Providence, Rhode Island or something. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm speculating here. I'm not really sure. I don't know. I'm, I threw that out there as, as a spitball. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I have no idea, you know. Could but, be. Portland, Maine, Providence, uh, Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. Fuck, Portland, two. Maine. Yeah. I'm a dick. One of my favorite rappers is from Portland, Maine. Alias, man. He was sick. He was in Anticon Records. Do you, do, you still from, free, do you still freestyle on the regular? Not really. I'm horrible at it. I, that's rather you saw that Willie Santos thing, though. I'm happy about that. I haven't freestyle rapped in years. I'm horrible. I shouldn't be allowed to rap at all. I have the shittiest voice in the world. I am a big fan of hip hop. I'm a big fan fan of of you know conscious rap. I'm unfortunately I should not be allowed to rap ever. Like Chris Hasm actually made the best joke when I when I was roommates with him. Me, him, Sue Train, and Cooper Will all lived together for a while, which was the most interesting rambunctious crew of motherfuckers you could ever imagine together in one one building. We were in a in Sue's condo. And I used to freestyle rap when I'd clean the house. And he came home one time. It, it was actually when he was filming round three and he caught me fucking you know rapping as i was cleaning the toilet bowl you know like he filmed some of it and threatened that he was going to put it in like you know like in his video part as the voiceover but obviously as we all know he used that gran turismo song instead the you know the yeah. fucking you know but it the was cardigans so yeah yep yep and i was playing gran turismo a lot of that, that time and he actually said you know i heard that in the background a lot that's why we used that it was kind of funny we were roommates when he was editing that part and filming a lot of it which was funny that part you know? epic yeah it was a good part it was awesome yeah. man it was it was a great time to live with him man me and him he was, he was straight edge. So he was great. He was like our sober driver. Like, like I would get trash and see you would get trash and he would like drive us back from the bars and um, just, you know, he would hang out with us and shit and meet chicks and dance and all that stuff and all that jazz. But he wouldn't drink one sip of alcohol. He was always drinking ginger ale and stuff. It was so rad. Yeah. Like his liver is going to thank him for that. Like we were idiots. We were total young, dumb, stupid idiots, just drinking way too much alcohol than we should have and getting all kinds of shit. I mean, I could, I could write a book 
five pages thick about Sue's fucking, you know, condo and all the weird shit I saw over there. Um, I mean, I could go on forever about that fucking place. It was insane for sure. Mm-hmm. Fucking nuts. Yeah. I mean, if you want me to, if you want me to elaborate, I can't, I just, I just don't want to fucking be that guy where I hold you up all night. I mean, there was one time Sue was so drunk. He freaking, he, he like threw a knife into the wall. It was only like two inches above my head. Not realizing I was sitting like right below it. Um, I mean, I could go on, man. Fucking crazy shit. These crazy neighbor chicks that were around that were like, everyone became an Eskimo brother with them. It was fucking crazy shit. Like there was mm-hmm. always chaos going on, dude. Fucking shallow grass almost burnt the building down because he fell asleep when he was cooking on the stove like just fuck we oh we played small to me baseball so like at the time there was like you know obviously sue you know being the guy that shot both for all the dwindle ads there was a lot of sponsorship tapes being given to dwindle and stuff and so he would take them home and watch them and show them to all the roommates and some of them were pretty decent one of them actually happened to be ryan desenzo's sponsor tape which is pretty cool and um they obviously know how that turned out turned out great that one didn't get baseball but Sue thought it'd be really funny if the ones that were really shitty, like the ones that was just like someone only up a curb and you know what I mean? Like those real bottom the bottom rate sponsor me tapes was he got a baseball bat and we'd pitch the tape to him and he'd smash it with the baseball bat and there'd just leave shards all around the apartment, dude. So there's just shards of tape and tape spun out everywhere. Like just given on whatever time of day you came to that apartment, you'd see just tape everywhere and shards of plastic. There's footage of me somewhere on YouTube where we're smashing them on our foreheads too. And it was Man. just insane. Again, bad karma, you know. We were just yeah. smashing dreams. It was fucked up. Now I think about it. Looking back, it was really fucking wrong on us. But just really crazy up, shit. Did you ever talk to Chris and Cooper and be like, yo, do you think you can get me on almost? <laughs> no. I didn't. You know, I I really, really, really didn't want to fuck with their shit. I was, I was on this really obtuse board company at the time. It, it was really strange. The name of the company was Ironic Scapers. They were short-lived. And they were taking good care of me at the time. And I never wanted to bug them. And they were really kind people that ran it. Um, uh, this guy, uh, Yosefer Stevens ran it. Good guy. I could geek out about that. But most of his money, this is really strange. He didn't skate, but his, his, he, had, he had a brother that skated. And, and he basically funded the whole company, which I later found out through, well, through, uh, how do I say this without fucking sounding like a fucking narcotics pusher? But he was like, he fucking was a steroid pusher, dude. Like this guy, like he said, work. He had a company that on leash clothing was another one of the subsidiaries. Basically, what it was is he was selling clothing for working out in the gym and also like creatine shakes and like, you know, like additives for working out and stuff like that. Additives. Anyway, he got busted years later. And of course, the, the check started flowing to me and the board company was gone because the guy got busted for selling steroids. I was trying to yeah. find a nice way to put it. He was a nice guy, but, you know, I didn't even think about getting on almost at that time because I was so, I was so, um, well taken care of that I didn't want to like, I didn't want to ruin a good thing, you know? Um, and I also didn't want to bug them. I felt, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I didn't feel like I was in the same league as those guys. I felt like I was, I was batting in double A or triple A and those guys were major league, you know what I mean? And I just, I didn't even, I already knew where my place was in the universe. And I guess I just, you know, I never asked, they never offered. So I just kind of lived with them for that whole summer and, we all probably got herpes from the neighbor chicks and, you know, fucking we played baseball with people sponsor me tapes and fucking Sue fucking threw knives in the wall and shit almost got burnt down. And, you know, well, at, least, well, at least you have you know. the memories. You know? Yeah. I got the memories of that fucked up place we lived in. It was fucking nuts, dude. It was insane, dude. It was the Yeah. I mean, just crazy shit. Like these neighbor chicks were fucking out of their minds, dude. Like, I, I don't know why they would even come over, like, honestly. Like, we were all dirtbags, swell boat out, bloody, disgusting. Actually, you know what? 
Haslam did not touch any of them. He does not have herpes. I Haslam, I think, is the only guy in that house that didn't fuck any of them because, again, he's a smart person. He's not an idiot like us. Um, you he's know, I'm not drinking ginger. You know, like he was just drinking ginger. Like he wasn't drunk. He didn't come home with the weird neighbor chicks. You know what I mean? He didn't end up fucking like, I'm just a ghost now. I probably died in AIDS years ago. You're probably just talking to the ghost of Nate Shrewd right now. I mean, these are some scaggly, sketchy chicks, dude. Like the one I was like, whatever you want to call it with fucking use a polite word. Her dad was like a long haul trucker. She would always talk about she missed her dad, the long haul trucker and shit. She'd only listen to like really weird country Western music and stuff. It was fucking creepy, dude. It was like a David Lynch film. It was like something out of like the fucking movie Blue Velvet. Like she was like, I don't know. She was creepy and like she like might. She might. Like, do you ever think that maybe the neighbor girls were ghosts? You know, honestly, maybe I fucked a ghost. You know, oh my god, maybe they were. That makes me feel a lot better about that. That explains kind of like you're, you're kind of like ghost. You're like yeah. the Dan Aykroyd of the skate industry. Oh my god, I am. I could be Dan Aykroyd. Oh my god, you're right. Ghostbusters. She could be like Sigourney Weaver. She did yeah. kind of look like Sigourney Weaver. She was tall. Fucking hell. God damn it, dude. I think you're right. <laughs> I, think, I think fucking I fucked a ghost, dude. Holy yeah. shit, man. Hell yeah, this is mind blowing. Oh hell my yeah. god. Another Holy epiphany shit. on the Fancy Lad podcast. Dude. Holy oh my shit. God. Dropping in switch dance pedals on a ghost. Oh my god. Now you make for, me feel a lot that's, better that's for all those fans wondering where that ectoplasm comes from. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why is it green? I don't know. <laughs> don't ask me, man. My skin well, that's, is green. Yeah, that's clearly the ghost herpes. Yep, that's exactly the ghost terms. Ectoplasm. Yeah. Exactly, dude. Exactly. I'm a whole different term for that box that fucking traps ghosts. You know what I mean? <laughs> Holy shit, man. Fucking hell, dude. Yeah, that you guys are great, man. We need to, I need to fly out there. We, let's I'm going to Logan Airport right now. Let's make this dude, happen. Get, get, get out of here. Do it, dude. The, fuck out the, there. Air, the airport just, code's BOS. So that's just, uh, that's an easy way for to Boston. look it up. For Boston. Oh, BOS. I thought yeah, it was BOS. I, I well, no, it is, it is Logan is the is the right. airport. But, I'm saying the code, oh, the code when you search the, the airport flight. code is fuck BOS. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Zarface. I used to tear it from Zarface. His dog's name is Logan after the airport. Yeah. Like, yeah that's no, how I know. I know. Uh, yeah, you should come out sometime. We'll skate with Vey. Vey always talked about you. I remember, I actually Fuck still yeah. think I have this, like, VHS tape. I, God knows <laughs> if I'm going to find it because it's like a needle in a haystack. But it's like a VHS tape that you made for Vey. Yes. Yeah. Those yeah. Are the days I miss making those videos. I actually, I, I, I still think I have that copy of that video. Dude, that is so right. You still have that, man. And you're making like prank phone calls on it. Yeah, and, fuck yeah. yeah. Me and Jeremy Klein. Me and Jeremy Klein were pranking motherfuckers left and right. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> we were pranking chicks and pranking industry people, and like we were pranking, we were pranking Per, per Wellander, and we pranked. Fuck, we pranked a bunch of motherfuckers on there. I remember I th- this now. I I think yeah. you have an opportunity to get a real uh, cult following on like uh, YouTube or something. If you if you j- just become this sort of like Joker character where you're just speaking <laughs> the truth, you know, and mm-hmm. you're just you know unveiling Thanks, the you know the curtain of the Wizard of Oz, you know. <laughs> I think you should go for it. You know, I'm fucking honored, man. I'm honored. You know, hey, man. I you know. I got all the. I got about nine months of healing from this hip surgery to do. So you know what? Maybe I'll, I'll digitize all that old stuff and try to put it on the interweb somehow. Yeah, yeah. I'm I, sorry uh, to hear. I'm sorry about all your uh, health issues there. I know that you're you're telling sucks. me about them. Uh, what what was the hip? What was the hip thing? So the hip thing is actually interesting. I'm big shout out to Dr. Westerman. Big shout out to Dr. Garrett. Big shout out to Dr. Shannon. These fuckers put me back together again, like Humpty Dumpty, dude. So this is a crazy thing. Um. They're, 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 two of those people are the physical therapists, by the way. Dr. Westerman is the guy that actually shaved my bones down. 
and Dr. Courtney too. It was like a whole team to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. But basically what happened is I had a thing called a, uh, a cam lesion, which is kind of a, 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 it's somewhat common, but rare, obviously for someone my age. And what it is, it's, it's a big growth on your femoral head of your femur, like a, like a tumor, but not cancerous and not benign, like, and soft. It's a hard, like bone, uh, like a bone spur, for lack of a better term, like a calcium deposit, right? Mm-hmm. And every time I lift my leg up deep into deep flexion, as they call it, like every time my femoral head touched my acetabular, it would hurt. And I didn't know why. And I just kept skating with it, thinking it was, I was getting old of those muscles. What I ended up doing is I started tearing cartilage, uh, the labrum, is toward the cartilage through the, the soft tissue into my pelvis. So it was like bone on bone action, like gnarly getting beat up. And eventually I went to the doctor and they're like, oh, do physical therapy. And, you know, just dumbass urgency care clinic doctors. You know, and so I kept doing physical therapy. Nothing happened. Finally, the physical therapist, Paul, he was the shit, was like, dude, I think you might have this thing called a cam lesion, but you need to go see, you know, the other doctors like the know their shit because I just deal physical therapy. He fucking saw my face cringing. This is back in like 2000, before COVID, like 2018, 2019. Anyway, I go see Dr. Westerman. They take an MRI. He's like, yeah, you got this giant cam lesion. I'm like, this is gnarly. You know, like, you fucking fucked, bro. Like, you know, he says it in more professional terms, but Devin Raffi said it like that. And he's like, you know, we can do surgery on this and we can get you rolling, but it's going to take like nine to 12 months for you to heal. And I was like, oh, fuck that. Dude, that sounds gnarly. Let me think about it. So I, as I was thinking about it, as I was pondering this for like six months, guess what happened? COVID. So there's no surgeries going on, right? So COVID happens. And then a year later, my good friend Kurt Hayashi dies. And so I, I fly to his funeral in Portland, Oregon. The only time I can get off from work is January and February because I work every, pretty much every fucking day, except sometimes me and Lindsay rotate. You know, uh, we take Sundays and Mondays off, et cetera. But um, because, you know, January and February are so dead, I can afford to take, you know, months off to heal. It takes about eight weeks just to get out of being bedridden. That's why I'm bedridden right now. Anyway, long story short, fucking, you know, that year is, is fucked because the Kurt, I, you know, rest in peace to Kurt. I didn't want to deal with surgery and a death of a good friend. Anyway, um, fucking this year, all the stars aligned. Third time's a charm. I go get the surgery. Like I said, huge props to Dr. Westerman. Shave the bone down. He's, the, he's my man, the bone shaver shaves down the bone, you know, fucking, you know, puts all the cartilage back together, staples all this shit together, um, puts anchors into my pelvis. You know, you can watch the whole surgery on, on YouTube, not of me, but if you just look up FAI, FAI labrum impingement on YouTube, you can see tons of videos of this. You have to sign in and say reaching over, but you can see the graphicness of the surgery. Anyway, I get the surgery done and I start going to physical therapy. I, I go see Dr. Shannon at Kepros, big shout to them. And, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Garrett, he was like in this awesome band called uh, Sil Pitcher. He's like this amazing guitar player. Like he looks like Slash. Like literally Slash is my fucking physical therapist. The coolest shit ever. And like from like Guns N' Roses, right? Like he's fucking so awesome. He, like, so he had a top hat and sunglasses. Yeah, and, and he's black just curly hair. on my hip. It's so rad. It's like and he was, top hat and sunglasses. And he had a, get, like, a and he had a Les Paul strapped around his shoulder. No, all exactly. your all he's your physical around. therapy sessions <laughs> totally. just start with and, him and, lifting and, up your leg and resting yeah. it on his knee like a guitar, <laughs> and he's like, "All right, tell me if this hurts." Exactly, dude. That's literally Garrett. He's, he's like, it's so easy, easy. Everybody's trying to please. Exactly. He's just, he's just jamming, dude. He's just like. He's so like, he was also man. singing the part of Axl yeah. Rose while exactly. he was yeah. using your guitar as a uh, leg as exactly. a guitar. Mm-hmm. Totally. Wow. He's, he's just playing November's Rain and shit. One of Tom's know? favorite gingers, Axl Rose. I do fucking love Axl Rose, dude. So Dr. Garrett is like the fucking coolest physical therapist ever because he like grew up playing guitar and we could talk about punk bands together and shit. He knows the shit about punk rock. And then Dr. Shan, she's rad. She's like from the suburbs of Chicago. 
she likes to bomb hills and skate in her off time and she like wakeboards and shit so she's super cool and they're at Kepros physical therapy shout out to them they're just they've been putting me back together again doing all these cool stretches and like mr miyagi stuff on me and basically other than them working me out i pretty much just sit around the house uh doctor's orders until i can go back to work in the middle of march but yeah he's right he's like he's like pretty much playing like the guitar riffs like he moves my leg around he's like you know, he's like, he's straight up freaking, you know, slash. It's the fucking dopest shit ever, dude. It's like, it's, it's great. But um, if, if this injury happened to me 30 years ago, 20 years ago, even, um, they would just recommend a hip replacement, which is like where they, you know, cut off your femoral head and they put a big cobalt steel bullshit thing in there, a metal thing in there. And then I'd never be able to skate again because they have to graft all that crap in there. If you fall, you can break your femur and cause all kinds of, you know, problems and you know all kinds of shit so yeah, i'm really thankful that this surgery existed so i could keep skating i could have took the, the lame way out and got a hip replacement but i there's no way i can't imagine life without skateboarding like i can't like yeah. it doesn't even yeah. seem you know what i mean like i've been doing it since i was seven years old i'm 43 now like it does it's like it's like skateboarding to me is like drinking water like i cannot imagine like life without it it doesn't even seem plausible like it's like it's like when dill's that like when fucking oh my god i'm so fucked right now sorry when hunter is thompson fingers started coming down with fucking you know arthritis and he started developing early stage of parkinson's he fucking blew his brains out and everyone thought it was sad but it's kind of like he couldn't write anymore why the you know you know there, there's there's a certain poetic kind of nature to like you know look right. man if you can't fucking skate like if i was a horse they would put me down why don't they put me down as a human right like yeah. you know what i mean i can't run the track anymore i, I want to run I my it. friend i want to fucking i want to i want to be sea biscuit you know what i mean <laughs> well you're lucky you're, you're lucky you got that surgery now where you can get slash as your physical oh. therapist because if you dude. waited a few more years you'd be stuck with Buckethead. that's true i know i'd be stuck with Buckethead. that would suck dude Buckethead. yeah would it would fucking suck know, you'd be like right? so what should i do I know, and he would right? just look at you all confused with those beady right? eyes through that uh cardboard yeah. helmet of his and don't yeah. get me started on the uh yeah. kfc bucket on top of his head well right yeah. oh exactly right i mean i would get Buckethead there and he'd be boring he'd smell like he'd smell like fucking grease and deep fryer shit all day and you're like are you sure it's yeah. not the bucket on fucking your head suck. Yeah, it would be lame like a poser in their wallet chain. It would be fucking whack, dude. But right now, I got Appetite for Destruction, badass Axel Rose working on my hip. You know, Garrett's the shit, dude. Check oh, out yeah. Still Pictured. They're fucking awesome. His band is insane. Like, like yeah, you can check them on iTunes, everybody. It's like, I didn't, like, when we started growing down, he's like, what do you do for hobbies or whatever? I'm like, I ride a skateboard. He's like, oh, cool. I had a lot of friends with skating, like, playing bands. With me. I was like, oh, what do you do? He's like, I play guitar. And then I looked up his band when I got home. I was like, this guy's fucking rad as shit, dude. This Garrett dude's my fucking new hero. Like, fucking, oh, yeah. I, I just, it's like when you go to physical therapist 20, 25 years ago, like when I was having, you know, ankle problems, knee problems, you know, you name it. They were dickheads to you for a skater. They were assholes. They were like, oh, yeah, they're like well, well, like, well yeah. you'll never be skateboarding again. And it's like you Literally. hurt your ankle. They're like, were you Literally. wearing a helmet? It's like, bitch, I don't Literally. wear a helmet on my ankle. That's not going to help. It's not going to fucking help. Exactly. Yeah. You nailed it. You fucking nailed it with a penny head, bro. That's exactly what yeah. it was like. Well, now, I mean, that's a, like the, now now you have the, the sports therapists, yeah. you know, yep, where they exactly. understand like. Where like my yep. mo my most recent injury, which was an ankle injury, it's like okay. going to see a sports therapist where they're like, yep. all right, yep. you're at the you're already at the normal range of motion, but we understand that that is not normal for you, so we're going to continue to work until we get there. You know, they they or, they're not like, oh, you're you can walk kind of normal, like that's the bare minimum. They're exactly. like, no, this isn't. You're not at where yep. you're supposed to be. So let's and that's what I love about Dr. Garrett and Dr. Shannon, dude, because they're like that. They're like, we get it. Like, we look your videos up on YouTube. Like, you, I, you, this yeah. is, we, we're going to work on this for a long time to get you back to where you were. And I was like, exactly. Like, because you're right. Like, I can walk right now. You can have hip surgery. I mean, I look like some, I look like some, you know, like, I don't know, some drunk while I walk, but, you know, I can walk, but I need to be able to, like, 
you know, like you said, like you said with your ankle, same exact thing. You could have said it any more, you know, perfectly. Um, no, is, normal, you know, normal range of motion is not going to yeah, cut it for skateboarding. Not going to cut it. Yeah. No, hell no. It's not going to no. cut it at all. You know, like I wish I would know Dr. Shannon a million years ago because like, she's awesome. Like literally like I, I wish she was around, like I wish she was around when I was a kid and I destroyed my ankle and she could have got my range of motion. Awesome. And I never, well, I never would have found pressure. So who knows? That could have been a bad, yeah. that could have been, I don't know. That's a weird one. That could have been a blessing. But who, know, who knows? Maybe you, if you didn't no. start doing pressure flips, you could have been uh, uh, the next Andy Reynolds, you know, you could have been, <laughs> yeah. uh, I met him when own... I was a kid at the skate camp and he was right for GNS, like pre birdhouse. Yeah. Andy Reynolds. Yeah. We are like, we're yeah. roughly the same age. He's like a year older than me, but I, I met him at the Dallas skate camp when I was a little kid. That's kind of funny. You said that you, you, you're really good at carbon dating. We're like the same age, man. Me and Andrew, like, mm. yeah, he, he actually was staying at Matt Beach's place. I remember. And like, uh, for a while too and they both rode for gns before birdhouse and then we you know they got a birdhouse they hung out a lot together and i'd see him here and there and he was just super quiet introverted then and then you know of course years later he blew up but it's funny you said that who knows what would have happened it's weird right time is time is strange i mean yeah. life is strange you know like um i like i said I, i'm thankful for those sports physical therapists like what you had with your ankle like with your ankle did you have to ever get surgery on it or anything man or or is it just no 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 sir no no surgery luckily but you know cool just, like, man. just... That's just awesome. lots of physical therapy yeah but, uh, that's what i'm doing know. physical therapy right now myself man i'm loving it man i go in there i ride the bike i feel a tour de france i i work out in the house before and after it i you know i i, I take it serious like a prescription man you know and I, I'm, I'm down there just trying to make sure that i i can do everything correctly but not overdo it so i don't you know hurt anything and i have to go back in for surgery ever um you know it's just and i'm trying to just you know take everything that mm -hmm you know, Garrett and Shannon say as, as doctrine and not overdo it or underdo it, you know, and um, just yeah. like you with your ankle, it's, it's weird. I mean, like, even like my vestibular system's all off. I, when I was 15 years old, I got checked playing floor hockey in high school. And this is the craziest fucking shit ever. Like not a lot of people know about me, but I'm deaf completely in my right ear. Um, when I was 15 years old, you know, we played floor hockey for PE class, right? It was like a thing that we had to do part of curriculum, like, you know, PE class or volleyball. It's like, hey, whatever, floor hockey. Anyway, I got checked into a wall from this kid, Sean, who got checked by our school teacher who was playing with us. And there was this guy, Bill, which is hilarious. His name is Bill Gates. I, I shit you negative. That was really what his name was. Like, no relation to Bill Gates, the zillionaire. And checked me in the wall, and I woke up in ICO two, two days later after being in a barbiturate coma for two days. It freshened my mastery press and my temple bone. I've been deaf in my right ear ever since. Long story short, I couldn't skate for like three months because I was so dizzy. I felt like a dog. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, your equilibrium's just off. Yeah. Yep. Equilibrium was just fucked. And I'm still, you know, never, my equilibrium has never been the same. But like you said, it was so bad that I couldn't skate at all. It's amazing what your body will correct, though. It's amazing as a skateboarder what you will, like the, the pain you'll endure to like overcome things like that. Like you with your ankle, me with my head. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, you with something as well. You know, like everyone's fucking had those things. And, and, um, you know, the, it, it's just, it's crazy. Like it was a horrible situation to go through. I don't wish upon anybody, but. It was amazing how I relearned to skate, and I just wish I would have had those physical therapists back then that could have maybe helped me with motor function skills and, like, helped me out instead of just sitting around the house puking and taking pills and going to school and, you know, not skating and missing all my friends. You know, it, it's just it is just kind of amazing when I think about that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I'm sure Nick has been through some injuries. We've all been through them, but it's skateboarding. I, I find it, like, funny because so many people you see, like, football, basketball and stuff, they're like, I quit after I got injured, right? Like, you hear it all the time. Like, in my skate shop, I get all these dads, like, Oh, I can't skate in high school. I got hurt playing this and I never did anything again. And you're like, dude, really? Like, yeah. how can you live? Like, again, like yeah. I will skate. I have skate with one fuck. I was skate with no legs, dude. 
I'll go I mean, full. Like, you, you hear status. that? You hear that from a lot of people that used to skate as well. It's like, oh yeah, I used yeah. to skate, and then you know, yeah. I did this when I was fifteen, and then I was like, right. oh, I'm not going to do that again. It's like, well, you were only. You're only 15, dude. You got you have plenty of time to get to get seriously yeah, injured. Plenty. You know? I get all these dads my age in the shop all the fucking time. Like, aren't you skating? You guys got pal for all time. Steve Sayas board. You're like, no, dude. We know those have been around for like 30 years, dude. The dream catcher, what the fuck? Well, I really wanted a Steve Sayas board really badly. Well, you know, my son needs to skate the same board I skated. Oh, well, do you still skate? No, I quit. I fell on my Steve Sayas board. You're like, what the fuck? I fell yeah. once. I I had a lady, I shoot you native, call me one time. I was trying to laugh. She's like, can I return my board? I'm like, oh, what's wrong? She's like, I fell. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> like are you fucking shitting me right now? Dude? Yeah. Like, that's literally 99.9% of skateboarding is falling. Like, all it is is a gamble of gravity. That's really what it is. We we have educated guesses on how to fucking roll away, but we still eat shit all the time. And Well, that's the thing. It's like I tell people, you have to get, you, you, like, the thing you get best at is eating shit. You know what I mean? Literally. That's the thing. That's what you get the best, the most practice with is is failure exactly. or or eating shit, you know, and you totally. have to be able to fucking live with that. You, you know? do precisely, and if you do not enjoy the slam, if you don't find some kind of comfort, some kind of masochistic of beauty in that, then you're not gonna ever get good at skateboarding. Like I remember being in high school and being like, you know, typical fucking depressed like a clutch teenager. And I never, you know, anytime you get dumped by a chick or something bad would happen in your love life, you go skate like a motherfucker. And I never actually enjoyed like slamming on brick. Like there was this spot in, in Portland waterfront park. We skated all the time and it had this big three block. We had Ollie and shit. It was kind of like our version of Wollenberg or some shit like it was brick and not, con- not asphalt. And when I'd slam on the brick, it would like massage my back. You know, I was like, yeah, I kind of dug it. I was like, yeah, the shit is better than a woman. I don't need a woman like, to rub my back. I can fucking. Oh my God. I, I, felt, I, I felt exactly. something. Yeah, because I was, it was like the best exfoliant in the world. You know what I mean? It was like there was like a joy there, like not getting hurt wasn't joyful. But the like sometimes that slam, that first slam in the morning would wake you up and you'd pull your trick. Right. It would like it would get you hyped. You'd be like, fuck, yeah. You know, like it would, it would like put blood in your body. It would like it would get things mo- moving right. And then you'd be ready to do shit. You know what I mean? There was like a certain genesqua to like the fucking slam that I, I can't even put into words. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, well, there's a difference between, you know. We're not talking about like eating complete shit, but yeah, yeah. Nice, a, a nice healthy slam. Like, yeah, that's gonna fucking wake you up. That's gonna get you. That's gonna get you going, and that's not a bad totally. thing. You know, that's like a nice exactly. slap in the face in the morning. You know, totally. That's exactly. Not a mean thing. Like a, just gets you. Gets you. Gets you. Exactly. The juices flowing. It's like the morning cup of chicory coffee. You know what I mean? Just boom. Just fucking. You know, oh, chicory yeah. coffee to the face. Just slam your face fucking you know it, it just gets you going like you said man there's a certain beauty to that that i don't think anyone outside skateboarding could ever understand i mean when ted newsom said you don't skate you can't relate you know it's it's so fucking true i try to use all these analogies all day in the shop to explain to the people that are buying the skateboards for the people they love that actually want to skateboard all they have to use i've used these fucked up analogies they're like so what's the difference between a hard wheel and a soft wheel I'm like well a soft wheel is like a mattress a hard wheel is like the floor some people like to sleep on the floor some people just sleep on a mattress but unfortunately yeah. you're not gonna be able to do no sides or tail sides with a mattress you know what yeah. i mean and it's like you know they're like no slide a tail side or what they come in they're like the kid wants to do the trick and he wants to do the trick tricks and you're like well okay well fuck okay uh that that's really vague i mean you know does he want to skate transitions does he want to skate street you know and it's just hilarious like all day trying to explain to people that don't skateboard or have any interest in it, how the fuck a skateboard works is impossible. It's like how my doctor looks at me when he's trying to explain the surgery he's going to do to me. I, I know that look when I looked at him, I was like, oh man, he's looking at me with that look. I'm not even going to say anything. I'm going to be like, dude, you know what, motherfucker, just, just cut me open and do the surgery. I don't even care what you do. I know it's going to be dope. Like, yeah, you, I'm not you gonna, do I, you. Yeah. You, like you do Hol- you. It's like you when Homer Simpson was having heart sport. surgery. 
We're going to cut exactly. you open and tinker with your ticker. Uh, exactly. Could you dumb it down a little? Speaking yeah. of Homer Simpson, man, uh, another little trivia thing. Uh, Matt Groening was from Portland, Oregon and went to Lincoln High School, which is a huge skate spot that we all skate all the time, man, when I, you know, lived there. Uh, it's these w- ledges that are white and red. You see a lot of clips of them of Silas and people skating this big out ledge. But um, that's the high school Matt Groening went to. But he actually has his autograph in the concrete there because he went back a million years later and, like, they had him do this little thing. And his birthday so, was just a few days ago. Shout out Matt Groening. No, man, shout out, yeah, shout out Matt Groening. No, shit, I didn't know he's an Aquarius. Shit, he's like my wife. That's crazy. My wife's birthday was just back on the 31st. That's crazy. My birthday's yeah. coming up on the 9th of March, so that's crazy. Holy shit, a bunch of winter babies, man. Holy shit. Man, shout out to Matt Groening. Fucking love that guy. Respect yeah. to that motherfucker. He's great, man. Seriously. Yeah, Did you guys also... Bruce Hamill? Oh, I'm sorry, Mika Chop. What are you saying? I'm sorry. No, no, no. I want to hear what you say. We were going to say first. Did you get to have to hang out with Bruce Hamill when you're on the set of uh, Black Friday at all? Or, or did you get to Bruce Campbell? No, no. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I literally uh, I showed up before wow. they were shooting to drop off the boards. So gotcha. Bruce Campbell Bruce Campbell was actually – Devin Saw was on set for, like, at least a couple of weeks. But Bruce Campbell, I think, flew in for, like, two days to film that movie. <laughs> That's like he awesome. was, he was just like in and out. Like oh, yeah. I, I'm sure that they didn't want to pay him more than like you know whatever his rate was per day. Well, he so only had right, he, right. He, he, oh, they only had to shoot yeah, scenes yeah, on on I think yeah. two sets for him. Yeah, because right? there yeah. was like the one shot in the or like the one scene in the beginning where they were near the registers, and then everything else with him is in yeah. that back room or that office by mm-hmm. itself. So fucking awesome, dude. Bruce, but I mean, good man. for him. I mean, he's the fucking man. Like he should, he, he is. should be Lord like, darkness. yeah, I'll, I'll be in that movie. I'll be there for one day and you'll get everything <laughs> yep. you need from me. Yep. He's, he's a fucking, that? he's the best. I didn't know that you, uh, I didn't know that you also had Tourette's you, you mentioned, uh, to yeah. me. Yeah. I, you know, I was just, that's one of those things a lot of people don't know about me. And, you know, if there's any humans out there listening to it, you know, I just want to let them know they're not alone, man. You know, I mean, it was one of the reasons I, I got so deep into skateboarding was Tourette's syndrome, honestly. I mean, when I was seven years old, my older sister was dating this guy that skated and I thought it was cool. And I'd steal his board and go in the front driveway and fuck around with it while they were probably making out and doing shit that I don't want to think about. And, and um, <laughs> you know, I, I had all these nervous tics going on, you know, I was always cracking my jaw and fucking spaz out in school and you know, fucking, you know, tapping my fingers and doing shit. And, and, you know, my parents were sending me to all these different doctors. They had to take me all the way to Seattle because Portland Oregon didn't even have a Tourette's, you know, whatever disciplined doctor or whatever. And they put me on different drugs that sucked to make me hallucinate. Like that sort of guy, they put me on this thing. I had, it had to be a derivative of acid, like where it was like a patch, like a Nicorette patch. Right. But they put it on your arm and then it, like one night my skateboard turned into a fucking deer and flew up the window, but that's years later. But anyway, you know, I got into skating and kind of like my Tourette's would kind of subside as I skated. And, um, you know, it kind of took the edge off. Didn't get rid of it completely, obviously, but it, it would it would take the edge off. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it became kind of my new nervous tick was skating. Like I would do an add-on thing. Like if I bailed a trick, I'd have to do that trick and then add-on three and all that OCD shit that goes with Tourette's would kind of manifest itself in a different way. And it, it honestly is what got me through school. It's what got through me life. And if it wasn't for skateboarding, I, I think I would have fucking went nuts with Tourette's and been just fucked. I mean, I still got nervous ticks when I'm really stressed out and I'm really nervous. There's still things I do, um, but no, nowhere to the extent that I did as a, as a, as a child. Um, but, you know, you know, my parents so put it's on my not like, and do shit, you know? Yeah, so it's not like in the movies where you're saying cock and balls every two seconds. No, I don't. But I went to school with a kid like that. He was fucking rad. We called him pancakes because we yelled pancakes all the time. They put me Pancake in the man. school. <laughs> Is that fucking dope, dude? Call him the Pancake bad? Man. Yeah, dude. So I went to the school, Thomas Edison High School in Beaverton, Oregon. 
and it was a school for people with learning disabilities, right? And the pancake guy was fucking sick. I don't remember his real name, but he would like in middle of class, like we'd be sitting there, right? And the teacher would be lecturing, you know, like, okay, today we're going to be learning about 1812 battle or whatever. And he'd just yell, pancakes, pancakes. Like he would just scream it out as fucking loud as he could. And then like, if anyone stopped him, like he'd have to do it in a series of four. Like if he did, if he got stopped before he said it four times, he starts swearing up a storm. And so, like, if the teacher's like, okay, okay, now sit down and relax, he'd be like, fuck you, dick, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It was so rad. I loved pancakes. I never had any audible ticks, but I always wish I did because they were so fucking dope. Yeah. I always just had, like, like fucking twitchy ticks. But uh, those guys, I just look like a tweaker when I'm, t- when I'm tweaking. So I don't look any different from anyone else in, like, any major city, honestly. I just look like a normal meth head. But fucking, the funny thing was, is pancakes dude that guy was fucking dope as shit i wonder if he owns the ihop now or something i sure hope he fucking does because he was dope like i hope so too <laughs> or at least a waffle house so yeah and i was gonna say yeah, he owns an ihop but like right? secretly he just yeah. wish it was a waffle house yeah, yeah. he probably was the waffle like, window in southeast portland oregon now fucking pancakes pancakes it was just you just scream it out it was like fucking like a cnf simpsons just like you'd be sitting there all quiet as fuck just you know doing your shit in class and all of a sudden you just hear this down the hall pancakes you're like yep he's at it again fuck yeah it was just like yeah i started laughing i was like this guy's fucking dope like yeah pancakes like i love that guy like when i grew up i want to be pancakes dude or your friend with the shaved head that guy's cool too if i can just drink my own piss at some point in my life and make pancakes i'm doing okay you know dude i was gonna say drink it drinking your own piss is pretty easy i think doing it on film is the tough part yeah that's the tough part i've you know i've never never divulged never tried it but you seen your homie do that in that video it was pretty impressive i gotta admit that was that was punk rock as fuck dude just like your guys east coast i mean your your tour all the way to the west coast but i mean your 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 first stage of that scene that i was laughing my ass off like holy fuck dude, that's no joke he's just going for it this guy is the real deal holyfield you know what i mean like he's he's not censoring shit he's just going for that stuff just fucking yeah fucking uh, badass you know what i mean uh, he's fucking, punk it's serious. Steve McQueen and Peter Laurie status being badass. It's like the movie well, I'm four glad, rooms. I'm glad you like the video, you know. I always I love want the, guys, I always man. I always want the tour videos to be like barbarians at the gate, you know. Yes. Fucking great Beagle and fucking Kurchart taking the fucking boss's Jeep and fucking it all up. Hell yeah. yeah. That's why Maybe every time I we go a... on tour, Big Big Zo forces me to sell crack cocaine to people. <laughs> true. And then films it. And sure. I say, listen, I don't think this is going to translate well. I'm 33. It's it's not as cute. Yeah. Oh, fuck, dude. Oh, my God. Do you make this out of soap? Is it like is it like faux crack or do you have to like go find a real? No, we do. No, we do the real deal. We do the real deal. Holy we're not. Shit, we're not selling dude. no fucking. Yeah, we're not selling no. Fucking, you're not selling fake shit. You're selling. Yeah, you're no, not taking Irish no. Spring. No, 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 no. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah we're not shaving up on it. Well, I so mean, yeah, but just for the, the tour videos. Like get... Oh, that's fucking. I mean, punk it's not like it's it, not dude. like Breaking Bad, you know. We're not like yeah, yeah. starting an empire over here. We're just doing it for no, the no, tour no, videos, just, you know. Just, just do it for the tour videos. Save up stuff money for gas and shit. Exactly, man. Right. But yeah, we There's are. 5, we are. Space bucks. We are cooking crack and we are selling it during the tours. Right. So how do you get the recipe for that? Like. Is that something no, you, you can just Google, you, like, crack recipe? Like, I mean, how the fuck does one make crack? Like, how does one Well, do Tom that? has it from his grandma's recipe. I have my grandma's <laughs> recipe, but, yeah, you can also... <laughs> You can also uh, get it. It's an Easter egg in the the foundation, uh, the box set, the one that looks like the Bible. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah, so it's That's an Easter so egg on the, uh, on the Barbarians. Like box and, yeah. like, the Barbarians. Yeah. Dude, I have the original slides from Barbarians at the Gate somewhere around here. I'll, I'll text you pictures of them when I find them. A Beagle oh, and Kirchhardt driving around in mud and stuff. 
um, from the um, Matt Thompson photos. And um, I, I got those at Duff's when Duff's was going, I worked at Duff's for a little bit. And when they went out of business, they told me to take all the shit to the dumpster. And it was like folders and folders of old slides that they used for ads. And I didn't have the heart to do it. So I kept a few of the pages of slides for myself. And I took the rest of Grand Britain at the skateboard bag to archive for you know historical reasons. But I kept two of the slides of Heath Kirchart and Beagle in the Jeep covered in mud from Barbarians at the Gate. So I have some of the OG stuff from, from that set. Um, that's that's fucking dope. crazy, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking nuts. The fact that you're bringing, oh what? my God, you got amazing, man. What was... good yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. If you had more, I mean, no, you. I, I'm just blabbing. Please cut me off anytime. Yeah. I can go all day. I was going to ask. I didn't, I, I haven't read. That was a, that was a book that you wrote, right? The, uh, yeah. it's not a fashion show. What? I haven't read Got that. Right what, here. What, what is, oh, there yeah, we go. Plug the book. Skateboarding is, is not a fashion show. Now, oh man, I love that cover. Can we see that one more time? Yeah, please, I know th- please. This, is can, a, this is an oral format, but I still. Can you oh, give man, us a, a gist of this book? You know? Yeah, man. I can read you, you a fucking mind? poem right now. I don't give a fuck. Is it a book of poetry? That's what it is, man. It's a, it's my satirical take on, on the world of skateboard retail, man. It's pretty much, it's just things I've observed in the shop over the past 10 years. And I write poems about them. Obviously, I don't use real names, so no one comes and punches me in the face. And, um, you know, it's, it's really just, it's kind of a, a comedy meets, it's a dark comedy is really what it is. You know, I'll, I'll read you, I'll read you a fucking little section right now. Fuck it. Let's do it, man. Please right. do. Yeah, how's please my do. mic? Is my audio okay? Because fucking mic. Oh, yeah. It sounds, sounds great. Sounds great. Sounds good, dude. All right, man. Here we go. Here's the first poem. All right. So the title of this poem is The Outer Bearing Race. And we all know the Outer Bearing Race is like, you know, when you break a bearing right, you can use it as a wedding ring. You can put it on your girlfriend's finger. You can like use a bearing. A bearing race comes in handy for a lot of things after its life as a skateboard bearing, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. So I'll just give you a little backstory on this bearing. So anyway, sorry about this. I was using that book to hold up my tripod. Now it's like, I got this fucking weird thing going on. Okay, here we go. Can you hear me okay? Is the audio check still good? No, it's perfect. All right, cool. Here we go. All right. Here's the fucking first poem in the book, man. It's like 200 pages. I'm not going to give you the whole book because you'll shoot me. All right, here we go. Her blue pinstripe skirt. The overdose of San Giovese in Siena, Italy. The five severed heads she had to walk by in Mexico City. The fen betrays the pool table squatter for his own lust of her long curls when curling on thin ice. Her timely massage freed them all from sacrum strife. They all fell down the mighty haystack rock into her simplex A1 steak sauce personality. After the campsite burned for seven days straight without remission, no railroad spike survived. The karma for blurring the line of cords and hormones is what I suppose was the gods' intentions. They all were enchanted when she would scream out, awesome, before she was ready for an off-the-cuff adventure. However, when he would try to chime in on that advance after that one night prior where their anger sunk into the river bottom sands on the port side wine of the ship, she would retort with, I'm attracted to tall, dark, quiet, Latin, and handsome, not short, pale, loud, and Anglo-Saxon. Sorry, this tripod keeps moving. All right, hold on. We're going. My fucking phone is hilarious. Fear that only could have been installed deep from the rest of the faculty's passion as she never let him show public displays of affection. After that grim afternoon, sitting at idle in the divided intersection. Meanwhile, the political clergy was in the backseat genuflecting. She was die-casted to hate him from a young age, and their love was hidden inside a scrapyard Ford Falcon's roll cage. She swung her beauty like a wrecking ball until every male in her path would food fight and then fall. She spent years deflecting countless arrows of good fate, tossing chemical compounds on the aluminum lake. Every fucking canine wants to fish on the overbearing straight. <laughs> bark, bark, bark. Her red lipstick is only from 
eating out men's hearts. From Fred Meyer to Jewel Osco, she would denounce her throne and die gracefully alone. As all of her victims wished they just would if they had stayed hidden under that pool table slate. Wow. And those tripods kept snap. moving. So that was a little snap of it. And I kind of fucking had to like, the tripod kept moving on me because I was using the book to prop this up, which is hilarious. And I thought it would stay there, but like it kind of, sort of the audio kind of sucked on that. And I kind of, but yeah, that poem was about basically a bearing ring and like how it was a bearing then it got broken and it went through like a very loose woman through many people. And that bearing mm. ring was like passed on on different fingers and like, you know, what it did to people's and dudes' brains, you know, it's kind of the, the synopsis of that poem, that yeah. particular, you know. I didn't know it would be uh, such a, you know, a romance poem. I thought that, you know, judging by the cover there, it was going to be like, fuck Supreme. Oh, I got some heavy shit like that. Fuck too. I mean, the hype yeah. beasts. You know? Oh, yeah. We, we pretty much are. Yeah, that's in here, too. We got plenty of that stuff. I mean, I got ones about a dude that got locked up in prison. Fucking. Let's see. Is this tripod sitting still? Finally. Sorry. That kind of sucked. It was hard to read that with all the fucking tripod moving around. But I got a lot of those in here too. I mean, I could go on for hours, man. I don't know how many of the viewers want. No, to no, you you, so, you don't want to give it out too much to the viewers. They're gonna to have to buy the book, okay? Yeah, oh, which yeah. I do recommend everyone buying it. They can you get know? it on my website, educatecr.com. And like I said, man, I'm sorry, I kind of had to like fucking jump around those lines. I kind of butchered. It's really dark in this corner. I didn't realize how dark it was. Like I can't even fucking see my own fucking letters. I was kind of like jumping around there for a minute. Like fuck, dude. But anyway, you know. So yeah, I mean, I could geek out on that for hours, but. I wrote that book. Before that, I wrote a fiction book. I was born in the winter, man. So, you know, being dyslexic, I was told my whole life I would never be able to, you know, read and write properly, obviously. And obviously, you can tell I still have a hard time, you know, reading uh, out loud. You, you seem like a pretty well-spoken guy. You seem like a very verbose, verbose boy, you know? Well, thanks, man. It means a lot to me because I feel like I was jumping around there so bad reading out loud. I'm still horrible at reading out loud. It's like it's easier to just write shit and read yeah. it in my head. But um Heido is the other book I wrote I wrote that in the dead of winter a few years ago I was just really really bored and you know there's nothing to do here in the winter other than type and um you know like I said it was just kind of my way of proving wrong to the world that you know I could I could overcome that obstacle of writing um and even you know comprehending shit but long story short I wrote a, a, another short book Heido that's about basically a guy that is hunting whale hunters it's kind of a, it's kind of a horror you know movie in a book you know probably a better term it's kind of like the anti-Moby Dick Basically, this guy's yeah. cruising around a submarine that he, he bought with cryptocurrency, and he's, like, hunting whale hunters. And, so, you know, I, that's pretty much the premise of that. It's just – it's more like your guys' uh, Boston Massacre video, you know? Lots of blood, skating in the park. Sk- Dave Bay skating through a fucking, uh, you know, uh, a grocery store, shit like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I like but, yeah, I mean, is it. Does yeah, it have I mean, any you know, sort of uh, hunting whale hunters? Is he an animal rights activist or something like that? Yep. Totally. That's exactly what he is, man. He's an animal rights activist. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. And so he, he gets into a lot of entanglements with it, maritime law commissions and things like that. But basically and then- him and Dr. Octagon, you know, like him and cool Keith pretty much go and buy a fucking old Soviet sub in the Kola Peninsula of Russia where they decommissioned subs, you know, off of an arms dealer up there. And it's kind of like Lord of War meets, you know, like eco-terrorism meets a horror movie. Um, you know, I guess that's probably the best way of wording it, man. That's pretty much the book, you know? Yeah. And then you made a, you sent me, did you make a Frankie Hill doc, documentary? I did. Yeah. A dude, documentary Frank, Frankie Hill. Man. Frankie Hill's yeah. fucking legend, dude. His part in pal propaganda, dude. That yeah. Gap saw, at the end fuck, of it. Absolutely. Fuck yeah. The big meat talk. Fuck yeah. So that was years ago and I was still in San Diego when I first got laid off from airspeed and I was working at that car lot. I had a lot of downtime because I wasn't selling cars and I sucked at my job. 
Um, I got this crazy email again, like in the MySpace days from Frankie Hill. He's like, Hey, you guys got any room for a guy like me on airspeed? And I was like, I'm not on airspeed anymore, but dude, I would love to do a documentary because what the fuck? And so, yeah, I mean, that was another snowball effect. I, I went and went up to Santa Barbara, me and my wife, we hung out with him for a couple of days and skated around his old spots, interviewed him and did, you know, mad interviews, you know, all day and night, him cooking bacon to him sitting, you know, on the beach to everywhere. And then when I got home, I made a little trailer for that. And Pat Duffy was like, I want to be in that. I got some great Frank Hill stories. And then once I got the other section up on, on YouTube of Pat Duffy, everyone else kind of came out of, out of nowhere. Um, it was really cool. Lance Cochran was in there. Guy Mariano. We got Guy Mariano in there. Um, fuck, dude. I'm trying to think. Laban Fides obviously was in there. I, I got tons of people, tons of notables. And that was a lot of fun. That project was a lot of fun, honestly. Um, I could geek out about Frankie Hill all day. Great guy. I love him like a brother. To this day, when people come in, they're Frankie Hill fans in the shop. I you know, I'll, I'll, I'll send away for his autograph form and shit like that. And, um, so yeah, I mean, that was cool. I mean, that, that giant fucking you tuck down that gap was insane. I mean, he was, he was a really a, uh, a goddamn pioneer, you know what I mean? That was he probably, was, the, the yeah, I was going to say that must've been the biggest gap done at that time. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was fucking insane. I mean, it was like, yeah. that was like the Aaron Jaws hammocky, Chris Joslin type shit for that time. You know what I mean? It was, yeah. it was very pronounced. I mean, I remember being a little kid with my friends and buying propaganda and breaking it out of the cellophane and watching my dad's vcr top loader just being like what the fuck just happened you know and same with band this and you know um you know all, all the videos ate everything that he was involved with hot bash he was always killing it and then he destroyed his knee and, and again doctors weren't the way they are now they weren't trained they weren't as awesome as they are now um in the sense of, of understanding skateboarding uh, physical therapists weren't on point like we discussed earlier so he he had all kinds of scar tissue issues and all kinds of problems going on where he was working at a liquor store at one point and I don't give the whole documentary, but anyone can go watch the whole documentary free on Vimeo, um, Vimeo.com. Um, YouTube took down a bunch of sections, so don't watch it on YouTube because they took down all the important parts because there was a lot of rights to music and stuff that was in the background or used in PAL videos or whatever shit that wasn't cleared. So YouTube fucked it all up. So don't try to watch it on YouTube, people. If you want to watch the Frankel documentary, it's entirely to go to Vimeo, or you can just get the DVD from me. Or if you have a friend that has the DVD, just watch it at their house um you know it, it really weird i mean really weird story about that dvd when we when we made that dvd we we had this fucking inquiry on our website you know um it, you know can you send it to a p.o box in new york blah blah, blah. anyway through, through like super like internet stockiness i figured out it was michael diamond of the bc boys bought a copy of it so mike oh, yeah. d of the bc boys bought a copy of the, of the frankie little documentary that's probably my biggest bragging right about that documentary is like he literally bought a copy of it I thought love, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Love the Beastie you know, Boys. Yeah, and, and I and I then you know it hit me after that happened that in looking down a barrel of a gun, if you look at that music video from Paul's boutique, Frank Hill's in it. They, they they took a clip of band this from him from the pal video of him doing a melon grab over a drop gap, like a really skinny oh, nice. weird. Uh, and so I was like, okay, like those dudes are obviously you know rest in peace to MCA. Those dudes are obviously fans of of Frankie Hill, you know, which is is just so rad. Like Frankie Hill's got fans in so many hidden corners and so many different places. I mean, even when Mike B like fucking moved here, he's like, oh yeah, man, like I saw that Frankie Hill documentary. Like so many people will come up to me and thank me for making that documentary. It's funny, like that I even know watched it. You know, Jamie Thomas Zero was on tour a few years ago through here, and of course we had him doing autograph stand at the shop and stuff like that. And somehow Frankie Hill came up because I got one of his autograph boards along. And Jamie's just like, I like the board. I saw the documentary. It was good. I was like, Oh fuck. Like, you know, so weird shit like that happens all the time. And Frank Hill where like, these dudes will just pop out of the woodwork that are known in different, you know, fields from entertainment to skateboarding to whatever. And they're, they're fans of Frankie Hill. And they, you know, it's cool that we were able to give him some shine and 
um, shed some much needed light on a guy that was one of the pioneers that didn't get enough, you know, props for what he did and what he contributed to skateboarding at all. You know, it's fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to give props to the unsung heroes. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? Like I agree, man, you have to give props to unsung heroes for real, dude. Like it's really, really fucking, you know, he built a lot from that pyramid. Um, Pat Duffy, Jamie Thomas himself, Jeremy Ray, all those dudes would have happened. And, you know, they even said interviews, you know, like their inspiration was Frank Hill, kind of push them towards that fabric of skating, you know, Laban Fidias too. I mean, I could go on. There's so many guys. Of course, now those guys stand on the shoulders of giants. I mean, we we see it all the time, you know, I mean, every day I see crazy shit, like where I'm like, what the fuck, how that happened? Like skateboarding is so mind-blowing now. It's awesome. I'm happy it is, you know, but it's also totally amazing. You know, you watch a Shane O'Neill part and you're just like, holy fuck. Okay, then like, all right, you're just gnarly big heel flip back tail slid a handrail okay then all right that's fucking crazy i can barely do that trick off of a ledge all right you know like yeah or at all yeah yeah you know i i celebrate and love all genres of skating i just i just get sick of seeing the same shit crammed down our throats for the past 20 years you know and and it's just weird you know like i guess i I get it you know same scenes in the video monotonous material yeah y'all don't hear me though exactly Hey, what that's from? That's a song I've heard. That about this material. What the hell is it? Who is that? That's wait, fucking who's that? God damn, is that Nas? Who the fuck is that? I've heard that. That's, that's Dead or Prez. My... That was a Caswell song in uh, Bag of Sock. Oh my god, hip hop, hip hop, do do do. Yeah, yeah. Caswell Berry skated to it. Fuck. Oh my god, Caswell. I'm such a fucking idiot. I was like, there. I was like, nah, fuck. I know this, dude. Yes. Jesus, thank you, man. I was like, what the fuck, Dead Prez? Exactly, Dead Prez. Oh my god, dude. But fucking yeah. Caswell's part. But, you know, yeah. speaking of uh, praising unsung heroes, I'm sure you have a million questions for us before we wrap this up, you know? I, I, I do, man. You guys. <laughs> we're, okay, so you guys, okay, obviously you, you guys have had Ryan Gallant on there, there and stuff. And the, you know, you guys have been heavily involved in the Coliseum and all that jazz and True East and uh, mm-hmm. Eli Reed and all that. I kind of know that stage. But, okay, for both of you guys, what got you guys into skateboarding? What was, like, literally what, like, what was the nucleus point where you went from like you said, literally you can be forced into that from your parents to like skateboard. What was like, what was the, the, I guess the poison of the well that made you drink skateboarding? Uh, I mean, I guess it's not that interesting for me. I guess it was, uh, kind of, um, just imitating my older brothers. Gotcha. And, yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking dude. That's, that's awesome. I take my older brothers. Fuck yeah, That's cool. And I stepped on one of their skate. Stepped on one of their skateboards, slipped out, ate shit, and, uh, you know, I've been doing the same thing ever since. Hell, yeah, that's fucking awesome. How about you, man? He's got the beer going. He's he's making me thirsty looking at oh, my yeah. paps. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm so dehydrated right now. I just, you yeah, know. No, you dehydrated, um, you dehydrated, bro. You're getting yeah. toxicated because you're dehydrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, keep it motiscated. I'm just fucking with you, man. Don't be sorry. Like, the door's going to be sorry unless your name is Arto. You're not Arto, so there's no reason to be sorry. Get it? Hey. Sorry. Sorry. Um, I mean, <laughs> the, 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 the thing that got me into skating was my my older cousin Eric, yeah, who skated. You know, right. I think everyone typically has some sort of older, you know, uh, figure in their life where they're like, "Oh, they skate. I want to skate." Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was, the, that was the thing that got me into it. Yeah, and you know. First couple videos I got was, uh, I mean, first setup was uh, Maple Team Board. This was right around the time Seven Steps to Heaven. And I saw Mark oh, Johnson. 
I saw Mark Johnson in yeah. Thrash Thrasher nine nine one one emergencies, which was my first video. Fuck yeah. Me and Colin Fisk. And so I was like, Mark Johnson's yeah. my favorite skater. I want a maple skateboard. Fuck yeah. And just because he was in that video. No. Um Did you but, know Charlie Wilkins as well? I've never met Charlie Wilkins. I mean, I, I'm a fan of his. Actually, you know, Charlie Wilkins was at the first demo I went to. It was a Powell demo, 96, Charlie Wilkins, Mike V, Gershon Mosley, and Stacey Lowry. At eight uh, yeah, that's awesome. That's a good lineup. That's a good lineup, man. That's yeah. a good squad right there. Yeah. But you know, Did you ever I, see Jim Gagne around there? Jim Gagne? No. Jim Gagne's No. I skated for a few years, you know, I could varial flip and I was, you know, skating the curbs yeah. and then Tony Hawk did the nine and he came out with a game called right, Tony right. Hawk's pro skater. And I'll tell you, I think that actually was around the time when I was like, all right, I'm going to skate every day by myself. I don't give a shit. You know? Fuck yeah. Hell yeah, man. And it's not shit, because I mean, Tony Williams, Hawk did the nine. It's not because I love Tony yeah. Hawk's Pro Scare so much, which mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's a great but it just game. happened, to, it just happened to be that time period. I've always loved Tony. He's always a very humble guy, man. I was a very down-to-earth dude. Never never got you know too big for his britches. You know what I mean? He's always down-to-earth, super good dude. Um, you know, he, he never lost the flavor of comedy. I, I see that a lot even around here. These dudes, they, they don't have any sense of comedy anymore in skateboarding. They, they don't, they're all serious. They're like stern, they're stoic. And they, they have this vibe, like they're guarding a fucking missile silo with their, their skate yeah. spots and their, their creed. Yeah. And it's like, dude, there's, there's I love that you faces, guys yeah. raise comedy too. That's what, yeah, stone faces. That's what I love about you guys too, is you guys understand there needs to be comedy and skateboarding, like skateboarding and comedy go hand in hand. And, and those two things cross intersect each other. And I get so much shit for being comedic around here for that. And it's just kind of strange. Cause I'm like, dude, that's a two sets of part of it. And I've also told you, cause he can always, he can always self-deprecate. He can always make jokes. He can, I mean, anytime I've ran him at spots or anything, anytime I've ever had anything, you know, involved with him, he's always just been the most cool, humble, down-to-earth guy ever. He always answers his emails right away. He never tries to blow you off. And, and, and it's, anyone has a reason to do that. It's him. I mean, he's like the ambassador of skateboarding to the, to the normal world. Like, literally, I got my hip surgeon his autograph, you know, to hang on the wall. You know what I mean? Because that's the only skateboarder, you know, I'm assuming. Well, I mean, I... I he dropped it one day. He's like, I heard Tony Hawk and Joe Rogan the other day. I'm like, oh, that's cool. And I thought also yeah. Tony Hawk's autograph. So I fucking emailed Tony Hawk. Can you send this guy, Dr. Westerman, at this address, your autograph? And, cool and, Joe, and Joe I mean? Rogan and Joe Rogan mentioned uh, Matt Tomasello on that podcast. No shit. That's yeah, crazy. He didn't mention him by name, but he described his yeah, neither uh, manipulation of them, neither boards of them, that he was making. Uh, yeah, neither of them would uh, admit to knowing him by name. But they just described the manipulation. Isn't that crazy? That's such an honor, dude. That's so cool that he did that. That's awesome. Because I mean, that is that that's the next level. It's just like when Miles Davis was, was inventing different mouthpieces for the trumpet, trying to get different notes out of the trumpet. You know, what he did on like if you listen to Bitches Brew, which a lot of jazz historians regard as like one of the greatest jazz albums of all the time where things shifted. And any kid out there oh, yeah. can go look at Bitches Brew, Miles Davis, you know, mm-hmm. he was using different fucking filters and different mouthpieces and all kinds of crazy shit to get those sounds. And that's why so many jazz Aficionados were like, how do you do that with the trumpet? They're freaking out, right? Just like how Manicello, like people look at his skate footage and they're and, and people that respect skateboarding and love skateboarding look at it and go, Oh my god, this is yep. the next level. This is that Miles Davis shit. This is that fucking, you know what I mean? But this is that fucking, this is what we're in. And it's beautiful because right. it's it's so just right there as a performance art piece. It's like it's like watching a perfectly orchestrated ballet with props on stage that are gonna be knocked over in, in unison at a certain time that are staged at a certain time. I mean, what he's doing, I I, I really I I respect. I, I highly respect that man. Give him a big yeah. hip hop hug for because 
I, I have so much, so much uh, respect for what he's doing and going Miyagi. Oh, well. Everybody in that, in that, that fabric and uh, your guys, yeah. you know, it does that. It's amazing. But I feel like the stoic cool guys are kind of like uh, if Slash or somebody was to look at uh, Tom Morello from right Rage against the machine because they were yes. people who are good, really good at guitar. They don't really actually like Tom Morello. They're like, right. what he's doing, is, he's what he's doing is a gimmick. He's, you know, doing all these techniques where he's, you know, using it like a, right. a DJ yeah, you, uh, turntable. Yeah, the yo-yo know? string. Yeah, it was exactly scratching yo-yo string. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Tom Morello's like, exactly. He's got the, yeah, he's, he's up on high in the neck. And what's it's weird is like those cool guy assholes, they were ruined everything for mankind. They have since the beginning of time. Since the caveman first brought home a Mastodon meat, and they're like, no, I'm cool. Fuck that. I can't eat Mastodon meat. I don't eat berries. That's it. You know, like since that time in history, there's always been the cool guys in society, no matter what field of, you know, vision you're into, they're going to fuck up everything. They're the ones that have like, like always fuck up progress. They're the ones that, you know, yeah, that, they're, you know, they're, they're, the of people, you know, they're, they're, they're the, the gatekeepers, you know, they are, they're the gatekeepers. They fuck. No, no, fuck no. This is the way it's supposed to be done. This exactly. is the way it's always exactly. been done. This is the way it women to be can't done. show their ankles with, you know. Um, exactly. You know, we must enslave these people to build our railroad. They're the pieces of shit that have ruined society since the very beginning. We must exploit the rainforest and burn it down. They're, they're the pieces of shit that are in charge of those things. You know what I mean? They're the fucking assholes that are the fucking full on sociopaths that have fucked up everything for people like, you know, empaths and, right. and fucking normally adjusted people, you know, in this world that, you know, are not that way. And it's just sickening to my heart because you're right. I see it. And I thought skateboarding before I got in the industry wasn't like that. I thought it was this open, cool, Fucking very, of course, grew up in Portland, Oregon. Everything's anything goes. Burnside's everywhere. Mark Red Scott's sitting there, fucking sucking on a urinal cake just to fucking weird people out. You know, you got fucking crazy dudes with spray paint silver hair coming to the skate parks, you know, fucking with shit all over their face. You know what I mean? Like, it's shit's going on everywhere. Everyone's being themselves. And then I moved away from there and I didn't realize the rest of the world wasn't like that. I had this like rude awakening. And like you said, the cool guy, asshole guitar players shit on fucking raging against the washing machine dude you know what i mean like fucking yeah as i said washing this love you know love I mean? like, rage like, against you know, the washing machine no 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 i love no. raging against the washing machine you like that? okay you like yeah that, that is what that. they're called from now on okay yes Rachel, you literally single-handedly just changed their name okay how many times you had a washing machine that you have to kick because it doesn't work right you know what i mean that's like what i think of i get i get all fucking raw dude i get you know i get like fucking god damn you can see his face Fuck, he does all the shit. With, oh god, I was gonna try to make a funny joke and I just fucking blew it, dude. Oh my god, the fucking Lucy Ranger is a washing machine, you know? Fucking, what's his name? Fuck, the Del Roca. Oh, Zach, Zach De La Rocha. Rocha? Yeah, yeah, Del Rocha. Yeah, like you know, I can do, I scream like him when my washing machine's not working right. You know what I mean? They're like, ah! <laughs> we got me another bomb trick. No, not enough bleach <laughs> in the cycle. <laughs> nice. Yeah, fucking, <laughs> that's, I don't know. That was, I'm just trying to be fucking comedic here, you know. Yeah, that was good. I loved no, it. That was I, good. I, I loved it. Okay. You know, I just I, mean? I, I, I do some humor. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. I, I guess I just I'm, I'm sorry. I I I, I I I love the comedy, but I just usually don't laugh out loud. You know. No, you can't. You can't as a podcast guy. You got to be like super. You know, because it'll fuck up your microphone readings and shit. Me, I'm on a phone. You're on a real pro mic. It'll you know, it'll yeah, blow try- out everything. Just at home, I'll be, you know, get jacked. You know. 
Yeah, I'm trying to keep it professional here. I don't want the uh, the audience at home knowing, knowing I'm an actual human. I wish the audience could see that UFO that's landing on your ceiling right now because that shit's fucking amazing, dude. I know. I know. <laughs> I wish they could see well, that thing. That thing is fucking cool as fuck, man. Nate, you know what? Thanks again for being on the podcast. I love how, you know, whoever I mentioned, you're, you're always somehow intertwined in this uh, skateboard industry with almost everybody that I've mentioned. It's it's incredible. I'm honored, man. I, I, I served a lot of time in Southern California, man. 12 years in that place. You'll meet everybody in the skate industry. It's such a small, at least, no, I, I shouldn't say it is. I should say it was. At that time, it was such a small cottage industry. And literally, I got to know so many people, you know, from every facet of skateboarding on such a fast scale when I moved down there. You know what I mean? It was just insane. And, um, you know, just as you guys did, I'm sure, during the Coliseum days, my God, look at the doors of Baldwin. Speaking of Coliseum, props to fucking Alexis and coming in fourth in the Olympics, even in her 30s. That's fucking amazing. Like, holy shit, dude. Props to Eli Reed for going to become a dancer. Like, he's dancing now and shit. Like, as like a badass, you know, fucking dancer, like, holy shit. Know and, you know, you got PJ who's gone to become a Sikh and that's good for him. Seems like he needs some religion in his life seeking and Ryan Gallant raising Hensley and stuff. I mean, you guys have produced some uh, amazing people out of Boston. My God. I mean, I just will take you, you all forgot, the credit. You forgot Jeremy Rogers. Oh, fuck. I love that guy. That's my twin. Did you ever see when I dressed up like him for Halloween? <laughs> I didn't oh, yeah. see that. No, no, I was going to mention yeah, my, that at oh, the man, beginning you that you look exactly and, like Jeremy. Yeah, if you yeah. Google it, you'll find my wife drew the, the treble clef right here and the fear no man tattoo me. I shaved my head all short. And I got a fake gold chain. I dressed up like him for Halloween one year in San Diego and it, it went all over the place. It was it was like in Transworld and Jankum and you name it. You just get onto the web and put Nate True and Jeremy Rogers Halloween. You'll see it. It, it comes up everywhere. But yes, Jeremy oh, Rogers. Be doing that. Yeah, fucking. I only met him maybe once or twice. Nice guy, real quiet. I didn't know him at all. But I remember people mixing us up because we both had, you know, haircuts and we're hyper. So I just remember it just seemed like the that it was fitting to do that, you know. Um, whatever Halloween that was in the early aughts. But yeah, that that's funny. If you look it up, you'll find it, man. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I wasn't wrinkling old like I am now. So, you know, I look more like I actually who knows, he's a wrinkling old now too. What am I saying? It's like he froze in time, it's like he was fucking Walt Disney or some shit. Yeah, he's you know? not he's not still fifteen. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, no <laughs> shit, right? None of us are. Fuck, we're all old. Now, wh- where is Jeremy now? Does anyone know what happened to that guy? Is there any updates on that dude? Is he, like, alive? Is he okay? I think he's, he I don't know. From his, from his Instagram, he seems like he hangs out around New York a lot. I know he, he pops okay. by Boston every so now and every now and again, but I haven't oh. seen him around. What does he do to eat? How does he feed himself? You know what I mean? That's why I was wondering about shit like that. Like I know. You know, like, he's, maybe probably, like when you, he's probably selling uh, steroids, you know, honestly. Yeah. Could be by selling steroids, and that's a good front. Happened to one of my sponsors. I mean, I'm, based, I'm, I'm basing that off nothing for the people who are listening. No. Now. I just wanted to make no, a call no. back to earlier in the episode. Right. Yep, yep. <laughs> and what's just now tuning in? They need to know that we were talking about one of my former board sponsors, the guy that owned a guy. For, for anyone uh, who started yeah. listening to the podcast and fast forwarded right to the end, yeah, I yep, want to yep, let them exactly. know. This yep, isn't a live radio show. You, you're more than welcome to go right back to the beginning so you can get all of it. Yeah. I love it. I love the Kent Russell one, man. I was laughing my ass off about the fucking Pierce Smollick section, like I said. I was like, that's exactly how I meant Smollick, except it wasn't in a parking lot with a slapping grind curb at Iron Frank. It was in a parking garage, but it's pretty much the same fucking shit. Just there he is, fucking blazing away. What the fuck, you know? And- Smollick, Smollick, dude. When you meet Smollick, you get Smollick, all right? 
Yep, exactly. I love that guy. He's he's a he's a salty earth real motherfucker. You know what I mean? Like seriously, I was like trying to see if there's any any questions I have for you guys written down, man. You like this, dude? Like your guys is uh, you know, when are you guys looking? When are you guys planning going on another tour, man? You guys got any in the in the hot box coming up or? Uh, I'm trying to plan like a summer tour, but uh, nice. you know, it's in the early stages. You know, you gotta, you know, we're all working men. We're from Boston. We're working yeah. class. Yeah. So, I, I saw in your videos there's that guy with the good New England accent impression that was riding the Boston T. Like he's a good kid, you know. He goes down there like you know, Paulie and Sal, that motherfucker. Like eh, I thought he had the thing going, you know what I mean? And good kid, hard But yeah, you guys are hardworking motherfuckers from Boston, you know what I mean? So I get that. So everyone's got to get you know time off from their jobs, and we all got to coordinate yeah. it. But uh, it's in We're the just... works, you know. Maybe we'll go to Iowa. I've always wanted to bend, you know, dude. I got a guest room and I got a huge front yard. You guys can fucking, you guys can camp and stay in my guest room and whatever. I got your back. Come, my wife will cook you the best dinner ever. She like loves cooking. I, I would love to have you guys here, man. Like I said, I got about nine months till I can skate again, but fucking, you know, I, I will definitely, you guys can hang out as long as you fucking want, dude. Seriously. I've had plenty of friends come from out of town and visit me over the years. And, uh, you know, Kurt Hayashi visited me not long before he passed away. And I mean, I could go on about hours about people visit, but, um, a lot of people, come here and they're, they're tripped out by how many skate spots we have i mean honestly like it's like fucking what was it it was chris cole the first time zero came to town i was taking him around downtown cedar rapids he's like he's like this is like a mini barcelona what the hell nothing's knob there's all kinds of skate stuff i'm like i know chris it's fucking great right like because it's like skateboarding is such a small thing here that like you barely get busted i mean i think you don't get busted yeah. is a lie but like you you know cops will kick you out but it's not like this gnarly like they're in your face they're knobbing you and like it's, it's hilarious. Now, after I've lived here for 10 years, I pretty much know every cop, and it's hilarious how many cops come in and buy shit for their kids that skate and stuff, or I'll see them out and about or whatever, or, like, I'll get pulled over, and they're like, oh, hey, how's the shop going? You're the skate shop guy. It's, like, hilarious. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I've never lived anywhere like this. Like, one time this cop busted me in a parking garage. He's like, oh, man, Nate, oh, skate shop guy. Some lady calls. She works here. She told me, like, I don't know, I got to kick you out. I don't really give a fuck. I just got to leave and uh, come back or something tomorrow. I don't know. Like, it's yeah. hilarious. Like, they're, it's like it's like the movie Superbad everywhere. Like, the cops are the most chill in the world. There's this one cop, Josh Bell, who actually rips. Shout out to that guy. Like, he shreds. Like, escapes him at the park. Didn't even know he was a cop. So one day he came in to get some bearings for me in uniform. Like, he was all in the gear. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, all I heard is the Bad Boys song playing. Like, Bad Boys, Bad Boys. Like, like what the fuck? Like, holy shit, this dude's a cop. Like, wow. You know, like, it's a trip. It's the weirdest town I've ever lived in my life, dude. Like, it's totally the opposite of every other city I've ever lived in. It's, the, it's like strange. I live in a Dave Lynch film, bro. Yeah, I love it. David Lynch, one of my favorite directors, also an Aquarius. Well, I love it, you oh, know. Shit. Fuck yeah, I didn't know that. How about you? What's your birthday, bro? February 12th, also an Aquarius. Oh, fucking Aquarius. All these fuckers up in the air around me. All you water bearing. My wife's a fucking Aquarius. Holy shit. I'm surrounded by fucking Aquariuses. Keep fired, Aquariuses. That was a I'm a cancer. Oh, no shit. That makes sense. I'm a Pisces. I, I you know, we're both that water makes, signs. That we're supposed to flow. That, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's what yeah, I was yeah, thinking. That's what Tom was thinking. That's what Tom was thinking. Exactly, man. Just yeah, just exactly. Ian Blavitt's status, like we're just we just want to float, man. Uh, and when I was busy drowning, we float. Even when I'm skipping lines because I can't read in the dark and fucking up my own poetry online, fucking you know. But we just got to go with the flow and just flow it. You know what I mean? That's all we got to do. I don't exactly. Fuck. We just gotta, well, you know, you know. Hey, shit. Big shout out. Big shout out to. Oh, I'm sorry, let me cut you off. It looks like you're about to end it. I I feel bad. No, no. I was actually gonna say, is there anything you want to plug before we end it? So. Fuck know, I, yeah. Or or shout Huge. out, you know, because you, you seem Dude. to be starting with the shout out. So, yeah, big. I mean, shout outs. I would like to say thank you to Kepros Physical Therapy. 
especially Shannon and Garrett, because they're going to get me back to my skateboard. Shannon Huge Garrett, props. fucking legends. Fucking legends. The best of the best with honors, sir. Just like Men in Black, you know what I mean? They, they are the fucking greatest of the greats. Dr. Westerman, Robbie Westerman, who used to skate in seventh grade. He told me he had a blind board with independent trucks. And now he does surgeries and fixes hips. And he's making sure people like me keep skateboarding. Huge props to him. Obviously, his, his partner in crime, Dr. Courtney, who like moved my hip around when I was under anesthesia. Big props to motherfucking Nikki Pop, the anesthesiologist who was like the funniest lady ever. She put me out on ketamine so I didn't have to use opioids so I wouldn't get you know on opioids. So that was rad. She gave me non-opioid-derived drugs. Fucking huge props to her. Um, also, I'd like to give big props to my wife, Lindsay Pods and Mac. Um, plugs, check it out. Skateboard is not a fashion show. You can get the book on my website, edgeskatecr.com. If you ever in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, swing by the skate shop, say hi to us. We don't really sell that much stuff online. We're just a brick and mortar mom pop shop. Been there for 10 years. Um, huge props to fucking Fancy Light Skateboards for pushing the envelope with skateboarding and having my dumb ass on here. Um, super honored. I just feel like the force cup of skateboarding. Big props to these guys without these guys putting time in after long days at work. Um, wrenching away in the battlefield, keeping it real like Holland Caulfield. Episodes like this won't be happening. We won't have the Smithsonian skateboarding and history will be preserved. So um, big kudos to you guys. Pat on the back to both you gentlemen. And also to that cool feline that's cruising around the room right there. That cat oh, looks yeah. dope like a pounder of key. Um, for real, I just, you know, big props to Boston. Big props to Ipswich. Big props to 7L Isoteric. Big props to fucking Millbury. Big props to the Commons. Big props to Harvard Square. Big props to the Freedom Trail. Big props to fucking all the beer I've drank out there that probably destroyed my liver. If I die of sources of the liver like John Coltrane, let it be known that it was because of Boston. I love your fucking city. I love New England. I fucking love the attitude there. If I ever win the lottery, I'm going to give you guys like $20 million just so you can do fancy head full-time after work anymore. I'm moving to fucking Boston. We're going to hang out. That's what I like to hear. We're going to fucking hire Sarah Silverman to do our commercials. We're going to fucking find Bill Burr, goddammit. We're going to get him into our commercials. We're going to fucking blow this shit up like Waco, Texas. And we're going to spread it around deadly like asbestos. It's going to be fucking unbelievable like EMF and awesome like Blossom. You know what I mean? Definitely, oh God. definitely you know, going to find Bill Burr. And we we definitely appreciate appreciate the Wu-Tang references there. So that's oh, I'm happy you caught those, dude. I'm happy. Oh, dude, my God. You are awesome. You are a true <laughs> believer of the Wu, dude. The fact that you caught the Wu-Tang fucking reference, dude. dude, oh, my God. Like, there needs to be a buzzer. I'm sending you a 12-pack of whatever beer. I'm sending you something in the mail, God damn it. Text me your address. Because the fact that you fucking caught the Wu-Tang reference, you are amazing. Most people would not catch that shadow boxing shit right there. Well, well they, I, honestly, I got to say, the Wu is coming through, and the outcome is critical. Dude, that, exa- exactly, exactly. You got to watch your front. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that, fucking with my style is, is sort of like a miracle. Exactly, exactly. Oh, my God, you're fucking awesome, dude. I wish I was in that basement with you guys right now. I so wish I was in that basement hanging with you guys right now. Like, dude, this is... This is so boring, like like fucking a suburb of Portland right now. There's a suburb named Boring Oregon, but anyway, like that's a funny reference. But like, I'm just in a room, you know, like like you know, fucked up, you know, from from oh, that hip surgery. Look, that look, oh, that looks like a, a good room, you know. No one's bad mouthing the room. Yeah, I mean, it's not as good as the fancy <laughs> podcast studio that we have. But, awesome, I mean, dude, for real, man. I got well, so much love for you guys, man. Seriously, thank you for having my dumb ass on here. It, it, you know, it means thank you for me. being on. We you know, appreciate old hat that's yeah. washed up has been myself being recognized. I just got to say, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, if you guys ever come to Iowa, get out of Boston, I, I'll, I'll give you, like, the best barbecue you've ever had in your life. We'll, we'll, we'll shred around everywhere. It'll, it'll be fucking amazing. We'll skate. Um, you know, thanks to Dr. Westerman, Garrett, and Shannon. I'll be skating again, and, and we'll be kicking it. And uh, bring Dave Bay with you. Kidnap him. Get him away from Will the do. wife and the kid for a bit. 
because I well, miss yeah. that fucker so much. I miss his yeah. jokes. When, when me and my wife were in Boston for American Misfits tour, it was like the tour ended in Boston, right? This oh, true story. Should I, I can't believe I, can't believe I did this interview and didn't talk about this. So the American Misfits tour for season three ended in Boston. It literally ended in Boston. Everyone flew home except me. I stayed for like almost a week after. I, I just decided to get a hotel. It was right downtown there by where the Boston Herald is. I can't remember the name of the cross street. It was like the name of the hotel. I believe like the Fitzgerald Hotel or something. It was like some hotel's been there since like fucking like tricorn hat days, right? And like since the days of like um, fucking Addis. Uh, God, I can say his name. Addis. Uh, fucking. Anyway, fuck it. One of the founding dudes, one of the one of the first guys to fall, you know, from fucking Concord, like lived there or something at one point. Anyway, long story short, the American Misfits tour ended. Laban and Ted them all flew back to California. We just got done shooting season three from Field TV. My wife flew out to, to to meet me so we could fly back together, but spend a, like almost a week in Boston, five days. We hung out with Dave Bay. We hung out with this chick. We went up to some top of some restaurant. There's a jazz pants that kicked ass. We drank some awesome beers, had some great drinks. Um, long story short, I went to a I went to a fucking Red Sox game. I went fucking all over fucking uh, South Side, checked out some great restaurants, checked out some great murals, some great art. I love your fucking city, dude. Uh, in other words, if I could live there, I would live there. I didn't know you guys at the time or I would have hit you up. I only knew Dave. And Dave had a bunch of shit going on at that time. I remember this chick, so it was kind of like in and out. He had to get back out to Cape Cod or something or some shit. He had something going on out there. But anyway, long story short, I had a great time in your city. I did all the touristy stuff, you know, did the Freedom Trail. Like, anyway. Fucking props to Boston. I love that fucking place, man. I love all the music that's come out of there over the years. I mean, fuck, dude. I could go on for hours about that shit, dude. Much respect to you guys, man. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and if yeah, I would know you guys then, I would have kicked you up, goddammit. That was 2009. That was summer of 2009. So it was a while. We're going ha- to have to take your word for it. We didn't. You know, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't become anybody until 2011, you know, so that makes oh, sense. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah, it was summer of 09 when I was out there. I think it was summer. Oh, God, it might have been summer of 08. Fuck, I don't know. It was 09 yeah. or 08. Either way, Laban and Ted would correct me on it. It was You can ask Bay. He'll remember because I remember buying him. I could write it off at the time for for everything. So I remember buying Dave and his chick dinner and just being like, fuck it, get whatever. He's like, really? I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to charge it to the game. Like, I was, you know, I was just fucking sending, you know, tax write-offs. I didn't give a yeah. shit. <laughs> Good times. Well, I miss those days. Well, Nate, you know, once again, for uh, being on the podcast, you know, and being, like I said, one of the founding fathers of this clown brand of skateboarding. And, uh, you There's know, we're, do- you, we're doing our best to legitimize it, you know, and it, within yes. the skateboard industry. And that's why we keep fighting the good fight. Keep fighting this fucking good fight, damn it. That's what I'm saying, man. Keep the pressure flips alive. Keep the late flips alive. Keep the fucking wall ride variations alive. Keep all the awesome, like, I mean, I can go on for hours about your guys' skating. It's, it, but the historians, 5,000 years from now, the next species that will inhabit Earth, when they find those hard drives, they will see all this, and they'll be like, wow, yep. someone was doing different shit. You know what I mean? We'll be like the fella Kute of fucking skateboarding. You know what I mean? We'll be, yep. the, we'll be the Arnett Coleman of skateboarding. We'll be the, we'll be the goddamn fucking, you know, um, I, I could go on for hours. You know, we could be yeah. the Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman. There, I'm trying to think that's a good one. Andy Kaufman. That's good. That's Andy good Kaufman of skateboarding. Because that's yeah. that's a comedian that gets all reps, you know, for his his you know his uh, method acting, right? But oh, I think yeah. that's what it is. we're the Andy. Me and you, we, we're the Andy Coffins of skateboarding. No one gets us; they don't get it. But 
the people that do really do, and it means a lot to us. You all, know what I mean? We, we've all, always tried to be the comedy ahead of its time. You know. Yeah, we've always tried to be the Tony Clifton of skateboarding, but yes, Tony Clifton is so great with his big glasses. Oh, Tony Clifton! Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Old <laughs> I love that guy. Exactly. That's a good Tony Clifton. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh, thank you. I appreciate it very much. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm Stretch Armstrong here. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, seriously, man. You know, I, I, um, you know, like I said, man. Big props to you guys. You guys have a pleasant evening, man. I, 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 you know, much love you guys. Thanks for having me. I was really cool to learn more about you guys. I, I really appreciate. Oh shit, my battery's dying. Fuck. My battery. It says low battery. 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 It's found in me. Battery. Battery. You know what I mean, Metallica, right? I didn't know we had yeah, James right. Hetfield on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> we Jesus did, dude, because, Christ. Because my battery's dying, so I had to fucking sing that. That's why I sing. You know, you actually get an extra five minutes on iPhones. Apple actually gives you an extra five minutes on the phone if it says the battery's dying and you scream out the lyrics to battery, it'll actually do that for you. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, just like you type, yeah, if you type pew, 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 or congratulations to someone, it, you know, it does all that weird effects on, on the text messages on my phone. Same thing as if you sing, James, if you sing, uh, you know, battery. Well, we have, a real, we have a real qualm with whenever I write hell yeah, it says heal yeah. But you know. Oh, yep, exactly. Yeah, that does suck. I hate that it does that. Or freaking instead of fucking and stuff like that. Oh, yeah, bullshit. ducking. Yeah, ducking. Yeah, ducking. God, yeah. it's so fucking horrid, right? I anyway, hate that. Nate. Like, right. it, why would I say, God, I wish I was ducking you right now? Yeah, you know? I know. Yeah. <laughs> That's too good, man. Too fucking good, brother. Too damn good, man. Much Nate, love we're, we're going to have to continue the jokes in person one day. Yeah. But, you know, until then, you know. Oh, man, I want to get a frame grab of you guys real quick of all of us together. Hold on a second. I'm trying to fucking do this frame grab on the phone. Here we go. Hey, hey put your – okay, your, my screen's blocking. Aim your head out just to the left. No, no, no. Uh, get your beard. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, perfect. There you go. Yeah, go, go in the middle. There we go. Okay. Uno, dos, tres. No, fuck. I hit the wrong button again. Hold on. Hold on. Okay, we're going to do it again. Okay, okay, put your heads in again. Sorry. Here we go. Uno, dos, tres. Yes, I got a frame grab. I'm going to put this on all my social media and plug it, dude. Oh hell yeah! So, yeah all right, Dave. You know, there we go, dude. Sick. Thank you, bro. Sorry about that. Dyslexic is a motherfucker. I hit the wrong buttons. But no all right, problem. man. We'll you we'll guys, talk you to guys. you later, and you know, yep. let me know if you can get us on airspeed sometime. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> those guys hate me more than fucking. <laughs> those guys hate me more than Palestinians hate Israel, dude. Trust me, man. No good, man. All right, brother. I appreciate you guys. Much love. Take care. Have a good night. All right. Keep up all the good right. work, man. Thank all you right, so much, love, Dave. brother. Peace. Peace, man. Peace, guys. Take care. Peace in the Middle East. All right. Yep. Bye, bye. Oh, God, that was great. Oh, my goodness. That was very good. Man, it's just having Nate Sherwood on the podcast. You know, I thought it was going to be great. And then yeah, I promised you a legendary skater. And I think I think I delivered. Yeah, I think you came through with your promise of a legendary skater. And then you came through with Nate Sherwood. Right. And quite frankly, I'm surprised that they didn't make the... uh, the movie I Am Legend based off of Nate Sherwood. Right. Yeah, they were like, mm, we could get Will Smith. Yeah. Or we could get Nate Sherwood. Yeah, I, I'm sure it was a tough call. It went with Will Smith, though. I know. Which is weird. I mean, he was the fresh prince of Bel Air. He was the freshest of princes of Bel Air. Right. Can you think of a fresher? Prince? Well, no, I couldn't. I just said he was the freshest. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying. You know, that's what I'm saying as well, though. So I feel like we're agreeing. Well, you know, 
as far as fresh things, mm-hmm. I kind of think of like freshly squeezed orange juice, mm-hmm. freshly squeezed lemonade, freshly squeezed lemonade, mm-hmm. milk, milk, lemonade around the corner fudges made. Uh huh. And maybe some fucking fresh fucking mint, fucking double mint gum or something. Yep. As they say, milk, milk, lemonade, round the corner, fudge is made. Also, <laughs> more milk. Yeah. If you if you try. Yeah. They. It's weird that no one knows the, the full version of that song. Right. Milk, milk, lemonade, round the corner, fudge is made. Also, more milk if you try. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of like the full version of the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song. People don't yeah. really know that one. West Philadelphia, born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, relaxing, maxing, cooling, shooting some b-ball outside the school when a couple of guys, they were up to no good, started milking my prostate. In the neighborhood? Oh, yeah. No, I guess that that would actually make it fit better. Yeah. If we said in the neighborhood. But yeah, just... More to the point, they started milking my prostate. I remember having a very heated argument with my brothers growing up mm-hmm. about uh, the whether or not they line. could milk your prostate. No, and they're no. like, no, we'll prove it to you. No, we didn't really know what milking or prostates were until this fateful night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No, no, no. Um, we you were sound at a, un, you sound unsure. So no, we were we sure. were at a tender age that mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, we hadn't. Um, innocence was not lost yet. Oh, you know? okay, okay, okay. So, but it was. In can can you sing the first line again so I can hear which one you say? Uh, now this is a story of... all about how. Oh, okay, so. Now, this is a story all about how my life got twisted upside down. Okay. So, I believe, mm-hmm. I agree. I, at the time, mm-hmm. I was on your side, and I was like, no. the It says twisted. Oh, what do they say? Flipped? Yes, they it's say flipped. flipped turned upside down yeah when my life got flipped turned upside down yeah and right. i was so positive that i think i bet like five or ten dollars which was like my That's life savings at That's that time yeah which and was you, and you lost and i lost fuck fuck so all i'm saying is be careful like you're when you lose that stuff because it'll stick with you for the rest of your life and it will hang over your head so Keep in mind, if you fail at something, mm-hmm. you will be doomed to remember it for the rest of your life. So I don't even know why you're even going to try. Also, if you're trying to to write sick verse, mm-hmm. you know, just keep in mind that you're going to want to end each sentence on the beat and not carry on to a ne- another sentence. You don't want it to be where my life got twisted upside down. You want it's one. It's got to be two separate thoughts where my. My life got flipped, turned, turned upside, upside down. down. Yeah. First it got flipped. But what happened after it was flipped? Well, well it got it turned, upside, turned down. upside down. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like a semicolon effect there. You know, yeah. you don't want you, you don't want the. Uh, it's like yeah. we're taking songwriting lessons from Will Smith here on the podcast. It is kind of like we're. Dude, is this another segment of 
songwriting lessons from Will Smith on the podcast? Yeah, I think it is. All right, we're back here on another episode of songwriting lessons from Will Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just going to mention some of my favorite Will Smith moments mm-hmm. um, of songwriting. Mm-hmm. So in the song, Getting Jiggy With It, uh-huh. he says, Sick a cigar like from Cuba Cuba, just bite it it's for, for the look. look. I, I don't, don't light it. it. Right. Now, you see, that is promoting a good role model for the kids. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And that's what I love about Will Smith's songwriting. I, I I always want my kids to look up to someone who's sucking on a dry cigar. Yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> unlit. Unlit. You know, nothing coming from it. It's like, you know, you can have that nice bottle of bubbly mm-hmm. or champagne. Yeah. Don't pop the cork. No. Just, you know. Or put, if you pop it, don't drink it. Don't drink it. Just put the nozzle in your mouth. And take a few photos with it. Yeah. It's for the look. I only hit it once, but I didn't inhale. Right. Classic, classic Clinton. Yeah. Tastes good, but I wouldn't know because I didn't inhale. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Classic Clinton. Wait, you you don't think Will Smith was talking about the same cigar? Oh, I think so. He says, bite it is for the look. I don't light it because there are... Juices. There are juices on this. I don't know how they will react to a flame. Yeah, no one knows. And that's why in the course that they go. The Lewinsky juices. You know, they go, na, 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 Tastes good. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So that was one hell of an episode of. Is the Fancy Lab podcast? Wait, no, it was. Will Smith. Learning lyrical excellence with the Smithmeister. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but now that we're back on the Fan Sled podcast, mm-hmm. you know, we should probably wrap this up. We definitely should wrap it up because it's it's been a it's been a while since we wrapped up an episode. Yeah. And you know what? We're gonna have to wrap up this one. This one, and we're probably gonna have to wrap up the next one after we do it too. I think honestly, we should probably next one we should double wrap just just, just to, to be, be smart. Yeah, just, just to be safe. Yeah, just just right from the get go. You know, it's what Will Smith would have done. Oh, absolutely, and I think he's probably still doing that. Honestly, yeah. Well, in that case, do you have anything you want to say to the listeners? Until next time, mm-hmm. keep on rocking in the free world. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah.